it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Bunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. I've seen your tweets, I've seen your beef, I've seen your fuckery. I've seen you try it with others, but bitch, don't try it with me. <laughs> I'll fuck you up truly, mad deeply. I will cast you out on a mountain. I will drag you to the depths of the sea. Oh, bitch, don't try to play me forever. Cause who you don't want it with me. <laughs> as soon as you started, I was thinking, okay, she's going to ask me, who is this? Who is it? And I thought to myself, okay, give yourself some time. Don't jump to any conclusions. Don't go off vibes this week. <laughs> just get it right. Yeah. Westlife. Westlife! Westlife. You know what? I'll let you have that simply because it's a it's a group. It is a group and it's a group of white people. So you clock that. Okay. That it's a group of white people around that same era. So you didn't do vibes. You kind of did chronological. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of did something. So if it's not Westlife, are we Backstreet Boys? No, Savage Gardens. Savage Gardens, who I've never heard of before. <laughs> what? I've never heard of you them before. You have heard of you've heard I've of heard Savage that, I've heard that song, I think. I'm on, on a mountain. I want to lay with you on Is it American mountain. or UK? I want to think, like, something in me is telling me that they're Australian Savage Garden. Okay. I wanna bathe with you in the sea. I don't think I'm missing that. I wanna lay like this forever <laughs> until the sky falls down on me. Yeah. <laughs> no, so that's not nineties R and B. I usually like to stick to nineties noughties R and B, but I feel like Savage Garden they were they were an actual oh so it's a pop duo i don't know why i thought that wow, there were more than one of them i can't believe i got half a point for just getting westlife <laughs> you, you got close yeah i was right they're from brisbane australia 1993 um it was where they started out um i knew i loved you before i met you no hun. i have been waiting all my life these were before my time. No, because your favourite song was Can't Fight the Moonlight. Oh, my- so that was around the same time. Yeah, but that wasn't by them, though. No. That was by um Leah Le- 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 Rhymes. Leanne Rhymes, yeah. Leanne Rhymes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love I that song. That, yeah, That's Coyote that was- Ugly, of course. Yeah, I would say that they, they were close. They were close in era. Okay. When was Coyote Ugly? That was Can't when, um, um what's her name, was trying to act. Oh, Coyote Ugly was in two thousand, so this was seven years before. But they give see, me the I same knew, vibe. I, see, I knew I was. I knew that was before my time. Yeah, yeah. This but nineteen ninety three. Okay, that was um, a time. year after <laughs> Dapper was born. Yeah, yeah that was it was before. <laughs> I'm just repeating it. It was before my time. For those who don't know, I'm a nineteen ninety five. You know, I'm not in that 
era. I'm in the very true, true. So I did push you out you of pushed your comfort me way... but, you, but you tried. I gave it my best shot. Yeah, yeah. And that's I went true. for Westlife and. You, we could have that. Yeah. But you definitely got that they were white. So that, that, that was came good. through. That came through. And yeah. yeah, I'm really happy about it. And I'm sure I could probably even go further. One of them's ginger. <laughs> I could feel. I don't know. Maybe they're a strawberry blonde. I don't know. What is the difference between ginger and strawberry blonde? I need white people to explain this to me. I, I Personally, I don't have any. I don't have any sort of like feelings towards gingers or strawberry blondes i just want to know like what is the difference i don't them? well they both had dark hair but maybe the, it was when they were everyone was dyeing their hair in some mad colors but if you even if you look at their picture they're giving very westlife vibes yeah 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 Quite. no savage garden had tunes how about they, um what's that there was another kind of white people songs you used to like um the, the drugs come easy and the girls come cheap what we just won't eat. Nickelback, uh, Nickelback. Did they sing that one? Yeah. The girls come easy and the girls come cheap. You go baby and the girls come deep. I don't know that one. This, but the Nickelback song that I'm just literally the one I'm just singing now. That was one that they came back with. Oh, maybe that's. It why wasn't I, what I, during your time. They came back with it like during my time. Yeah, so maybe I, that's why I don't care oh, about okay. them. When they tried to do resurgences, I didn't care anymore. Fair enough. But um. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, welcome to those who are wondering what the fuck we're ch- uh, talking about. It's always about. a long ass intro. Hi, guys. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is me, Kalechi, in the place to be, and me, Sadiq. Yeah, our guest in residence who's given us his notice, I guess, is what he. So many people were upset last week and they were like, what's going on? Sorry, I'm still here. Yes. Still here. I'll let you know officially when my time has come up. Yeah, welcome to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. So let's get into the bit for this week. I don't... Have things been happening? It's been a weird week. Yeah. It's yeah. been a really, really crazy, crazy week. I want to say, you know, the news of Nigeria has dominated social media this last week. But then, yeah, it's definitely been... Uh, a weird week i'd say yeah it's been it's been a weird one it's been it's been a weird one but anyway i'll launch straight into the tarot for this week then so we can get get our lives and the message this week i was thinking about you know what advice does um spirit have in terms of relationships and romance and things like that but i didn't set my intention firmly on it like i was open to the message being something else but you know spirit was loud as always so i'll just get straight into it so the first card that we have this week is the devil card that came out flew out straight away um number 15 slash 16 of the deck um And I think that this is talking about toxic behavior. It's talking about um, self-limiting beliefs. It's talking about um, relationships that um, have bad habits and maybe the bad habits can't take these bad habits no no more. more. I'm ready for that one. (laughs) I told myself that I would make some Some changes, changes. but the more I think there's one thing that that remains the same. same. Oh, I can't seem to shake Sing, you really got a hold on me. Harmony. And every time that we break up, we turn around and break. <laughs> Kelly Rowland would hate us. Kelly Rowland would be like, don't ever fucking do that again in your fucking life. Don't ever. Um, 
But that's like that song. That's a tune and it's a message. The more I change, there's some things that remain the same and I can't seem to shake it. It seems you've really got a hold on me. That is literally what the devil card encapsulates and, and, and signifies the fact that there are things that we change in our life and we're doing really, really great spirits. It's not like, oh, you ain't shit. You're not doing the work that you need to do. It's like you're doing work. You're doing amazing work. You're doing great, sweetie. But there are things that you do need to shake. Like now that we've gotten this far, now that you've grown in emotional maturity, I'm going to need you to grow a bit more. I'm going to need you to get these habits out, get these bad habits away because where you're headed to, the things that you are destined for, for them to materialize and for you to be able to hold on to them, you can't keep indulging in these behaviors that you know are no longer serving you. So that, you know, for some people, I think it's about vices. It's about what we do when we feel like we don't have control of things in life. So for some people, um, it might be, um, overly relying on alcohol, overly relying on sex, overly relying on drugs. It's the over-reliance. It's like everything in moderation, but it's like when you, what we're talking about specifically is when you feel that you don't have control of something, what you go to, to kind of self-soothe. It's those self-soothing practices that need to be um, checked and, and, and kind of refined. So they don't end up being an issue for you later on because we're not, the, the fact of the matter is, control is an illusion anyway where sometimes you know that illusion helps us um keeps us going other times it's made glaringly obvious to us that we're not in control so the more responsibility that you have the more success for instance that you have when you are shown that you don't have control the way that you might go to self-soothe might be detrimental to the place that you then find yourself in so it's about understanding that and the reason I say that is because the card that you've got that follows on from that um, narrative and that story is the nine of wands. And I, you know me, I, I always read the nine of wands as a thing about boundaries and what we're putting in place to help ourselves. And you can see the figure in the nine of wands, Lisa Stone, Modern Witch Tarot deck. We see someone who's bandaged their arm and their hands and they've got a bandage around their head. So they've been thinking, overly thinking, they've been overly working. So the work that you've been doing to set boundaries isn't just the mental and emotional it's also physical boundaries that you've been setting in place for yourself but for those boundaries to stick you have to be consistent you can't set the boundaries and then something happens and maybe you um, go through a rejection you go through a breakup or you you know you you leave your workplace or something just catches you off guard and all the boundaries that you've put in place goes to shit because now you're in your feelings the card that comes after that is the lover's card, which I think is really important as well. For some people, I'm reading this as um, whenever I see the lovers and I also see the devil card in the same deck, I always think about um, affairs. I always think about affairs because I see the same image of two people who are chained to a block in the devil. We see two people who are facing, they're looking in the same direction, but this time they're looking towards the angel in the clouds. And we see them almost as if they're in the garden of Eden um temptation uh all of those things are around so when i see the devil card it's saying that don't go and indulge in practices put boundaries in place now especially if you're someone who's partnered put boundaries in place now so when things happen in your relationships that kind of i don't know scare you or make you take you out of your comfort zone or your depth that you don't open the gateway for fuckery to happen that would affect your relationship so just because people are moving mad and making you feel less than sometimes maybe you feel that you're worth 
the answer isn't to not have boundaries and indulge in in in, in behavior that it's just going to end up making you feel shit basically so it's being aware of it in that way but also i also read this collection together you know the difference between the devil and the lovers is the boundaries it's the discipline nine of wands in the middle so for you to get to the place where you have emotional fulfillment from whether it's your job whether it's um from family members um or from romantic relationship or romantic relationships or your friendships the thing that matters the most that stops it from being toxic is discipline it's discernment so you have to have that in place for you to be able to enjoy the god-given um benefits that are coming towards you the chariot in reverse um, is the next card that comes after the lovers and I think that this card is there to say that you're being halted right now you're being held um, right now from charging forward and going forward because this work needs to be done this work about discipline needs to be done before you can go forward with the kind of things that you want in terms of the lovers energy the page of pentacles is the next card as well um, talking about new opportunities new beginnings um, new um, ideas new ways for growth for all of those things to come we have to have have um a habit of discipline in place um so the so the devil doesn't stop your blessings basically chariot in reverse and doesn't thwart any new opportunities any new ideas any new relationships that are coming your way before that can happen you have to make sure that you're dealing with the shit that you need to deal with whether that's through therapy whether that's through journaling whether that's through um meditation um whatever whether that's through prayer whatever that might be or a culmination of all of those things whatever that might be for you um regular exercise whatever it might be for you be aware that um be aware that for you to get to where you're going you're going to have to put some discipline um disciplinary uh, practices um in place then from the spiritual seasoning from the soul card deck you get the if there was an award for procrastination would you win it right now and the next card that comes with that is being who you truly are is enough reason to be loved. So I feel like the energy from this is that some people are procrastinating from showing up in the relationship or in their work environments or, you know, different aspects of their life. They're, they're procrastinating from showing up as who they truly are or they're procrastinating from setting the boundaries that they need to set for people because they don't want people to love them less. Anybody who would love you less for being who you truly are never truly loved you. They love the idea of you. They love the illusion of you. They never truly loved you because the, those who love you will want you to show up in this world as who you truly are. So you cannot delay you, the, showing up. Start showing up right now from this very moment that you're listening to this. Start showing up as who you are immediately because those who are not for you, you need them to clear out with the rest of 2020. So you enter into 2021 in all of your glory. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't like show up as who you truly are. Because yes, it might hurt when you see people that you thought were your codies. Suddenly, your charges, suddenly they're falling away. I felt a lot of that in 2017. People who I never thought I'd fall out with, falling out with them. But the way that my life looks now to what it looked like in 2017, my God, God has blessed me immensely. But it meant that I needed to clear out space. But after you've cleared out, doesn't mean that you clear out once. There's a constant clearing out. If the energy isn't right, 
they've got to go like they've things have just got to go that are no longer serving you because you have to make space for blessings you're not going to get nice shiny new things in a place that's dusty and and messy clear out the things that no longer serve you and that's part partly your behaviors as well and remember, um, I, I said this in the, um, the Zenju Earthling manual um, cards that I used to use at the very beginning of when I started this podcast. Unconditional love doesn't mean love under any condition. That card came up for me recently. Don't let people take you for easier or because of the way that you're choosing to love them, whether that's family, whether that's a work environment or whether that's romantic relationships unconditional love you can love somebody from afar you don't have to take people treating you um in a mad way in a in a vile way because you're trying to prove that you're capable of love being capable of love means boundaries means discipline also so that's also how you show love by saying no more that's also partly you know the way that we show love and that way the things that are for us can find us a lot more easily so yeah that's the tarot reading for this um week um this is timeless so whenever you start listening to this you know if it's for you it's for you always find you um i pray that resonates with you for those who are on patreon remember that you get weekly uh, pick up our readings as well who which is very feels a lot more specific because you're using your intuition to pick the number that resonates with you the most and if you're on the supremes tier then you get a monthly um, mp3 one-to-one reading from me so that's patreon.com forward slash kelechi okafor how did that resonate for you (laughs) can i tell you something about the devil card yeah you know when you were shuffling them and I was like, oh, the devil card. Yeah. I was drawn to it. And then as soon as you started explaining it, I was like, no, the de- that devil card, that was mine. Yeah. That was that was for me. And it's just, I don't know, every time you always go into it, it just blows me away more and more. And the spiritual seasoning as well. I think when you, when you think about procrastination, I think it's something that we all kind of get used to without realising. Yeah. And it's something that I've been doing for a while now. I'll be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I just... I just keep shaking it off. So I just, I feel like I definitely needed to hear that. That was definitely for me. I'm glad. I'm glad. The message, the message, the message. It will always find us. I I know that that was a drag. I know that that was a very severe drag for me. And the lovers as well. The lovers, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I really, I've always enjoyed the image of the um, devil and the lovers because they're literally. You enjoy the image. Yeah, the image of them because oh. they, they they literally mirror each other. If you look at them, there is they're both looking at somebody that they believe to be superior to them, mm. and so one of them they change to a block, and this one they're not chained, you know, in the lovers card. But I I always imagine them as pretty much being like the same two people, yeah, but in different stages of um a relationship whether that's even our relationship to ourselves because that can be two aspects of ourselves but i like them side by side um, but yeah it's 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 very interesting it's both have wings stuff. it's very powerful and that's flames on that side and flames on that tree so they're literally a mirror of each other yeah. one that fucks you up and one that takes you higher and takes you closer to god it's interesting that has more like a ladylike figure yeah and the lovers yeah and the le- in, well lisa stoll's deck she makes them um lisa made them so they're they're more akin to women focused on women representation but in the in the other in the traditional deck i don't know if we see that mm. i think we see a man just lots of men 
lots of men many men so um yeah that's the reading for the tarot for this week so let's jump to um bigging up this week's show sponsors who are stitch fix be right back so stitch fix i tried them out this week and it was it was a real cute vibe it was it was a mood so you're probably wondering like what the hell what stitch fix well basically if you imagine um if every clothing store you shopped at already understood what you like what you hate and you like your total don't ever in your life send me that shit well there's a company focused on making that happen fashion changes but style as we know doesn't so even so your timeless look can use a pick-me-up every once in a while so get help from someone who gets what you're going for without ever leaving your home with a stitch fix styling expert in the world of clothes shopping there are no consistent sizes why would we have to try to guess if a medium is really really a medium because i have that sometimes with like zara for instance or constantly having to return clothes purchased online to find something that fits perfectly so stitch fix is an online personal styling company that brings you the world of fashion and style it's a completely different and fun way to find clothes that you'll love that's all about you every single time so when i was on the site um it would show me stitch fix would show me different pictures and be like girl do you like this and i'd be like no do you like this yes do you like this Mm, maybe um would you like to receive something like this yes so from doing all the yes no yes no basically the stylists figure out what it is that you do like and they send you a box of um items of a box of clothes i received um some cute um skinny jeans and um a few tops as well and a little cute chiffon kimono um piece um so that was all sent out to me and then i could try it on decide on what fit me and what didn't and then give feedback to them um about what i liked and then you can just return the things that you don't like for free so um yeah it's just it's really fun it's really convenient um to get started go to stitchfix.com i'm sorry go to stitchfix.co.uk ignore me so get started by going to stitchfix.co.uk slash straws that's stitchfix.co.uk slash straws to set up your profile and your personal stylist will send you fresh looks personalized just for you in your colors styles and budget you pay a £10 styling fee for each fix, which is credited towards anything you keep. Schedule at any time. There's no subscription required. Plus, shipping, returns and exchanges are easy and free. So Stitch Fix does the hard work for you, making great style, effortless for women and men as well, if they want to jump on there. So get started today at stitchfix.co.uk slash straws. That's S-T-R-A-W-S. Make sure to use the show name to support, you know, support this podcast and keep a baby girl doing baby girl things. That's stitchfix.co.uk slash straws. Go and get your life on stitchfix.co.uk slash straws. So, yeah, let's get to share your magnificence. Share your magnificence. Share your magnificence. Anyway, this week, first share your magnificence letter says... um, Hello, Kalechi. I hope this finds you well. And if you're here at this moment that this is being read, a hello to you too. Um, I wanted to nominate Misha Green and Shannon M. Houston for their parts in Lovecraft Country. Green was involved in Underground 2016. Um, that also had a Journey Smollett 
uh, and um, M. Houston was involved in Little Fires Everywhere 2020, as well as everyone else involved in Lovecraft Country. Just wanted the last, just watched the last episode of Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft Country, and as chaotic as people claimed it was, some people did. I saw the tweets. It was thrilling watching it. I recall what other black filmmakers, showrunners at Al. Um, say they were told when they pushed for shows and movies with a central focus on black people the claim that people just weren't interested in black shows or movies obviously when they said people they meant white people i have to say i love this show and the very in-depth way it touched on aspects of black life in america and especially chicago touching on the iconic moments and people without making it just about them as um a show about uh the possibility of the other things that could have been going on in the sidelines as the lives of black people in america were to go through a change i say change because we both know that even things change they pretty much stayed gosh darn the same were there white folks in a show yes it is america after all it's damn near impossible to have a story without their involvement one way or another however they weren't the focus of the story this isn't a recommendation for people to watch the show that's on their grown selves to desire seasoning because i know they sure enough going to get it through uh, get it uh, get get round to it one way or another but for a year like 2020 i'm surprised by how this episode panned out and how the show gave us a glimpse of how the baby boys baby girls and non-binaries were doing it for themselves back in them days sending blessings to you yours and theirs more slaps on your chest for the ways that at which you've helped to teach and enlighten be blessed as always anon i want to take a wild guess are they from the u.s i think so yeah just their writing style it sounds like they're from the u.s yeah let me tell you something them american them black americans especially they love lovecraft country yeah they love that show it's incredible oh it's incredible because i think the last time that you and i spoke about it i hadn't actually started watching it and i was yet. telling you I yeah think. you were telling me to go and watch it yes and i was like mm, yeah i know i mean everyone's raving about it but i'll get to it at some point and then I started watching it. Episode one didn't really catch me, mm. but I stuck with it. When I watched episode two and then I was invested. But the episode um, called I Am, I think it's episode six, I want to say, incredible. Really? It is incredible. I feel like it was literally made for me, like a love letter to me as a black woman. Like, fucking hell, that was amazing. Mm. Um, the depiction of God. I won't spoil it for you, but you need to watch it. The depiction of God. Off reminds me of um um garnet in in um steven universe it's amazing Ooh. because the story builds initially you're just like i don't want to see gore to me the the horror is the racism it's not too gory is it right yeah. but the episode one i wasn't invested yet so i didn't want to see gore mm. but actually as it panned out to me the scariest episode so far was episode seven mm. and it's only because of the imagery that was used that very much made me think yeah this is jordan peele all over this really? um but it was it was amazing it was i need amazing. to get back onto it i think i fell off around episode three i just need to get back onto it because i i see so many tweets like oh my god this is fucking sick yeah lovecraft country everyone needs to get into it i'm just like oh. it's that thing with just me trying to get on my so, tv but that's you all. saw ruby and the potion without giving spoilers Ooh. did you get to ruby and the potion no i don't think i got to ruby and the potion no. yeah because i would that would that should jog my memory or something right no, I don't yeah think no I... that was monumental so really? i feel like when you get to ruby and the potion things really change about the conversations that we need to have about the ways that we move around whiteness and how mm. whiteness you know it, it's it's an incredible I, I don't want to give spoilers because i want i genuinely want everyone to experience the amazingness that is lovecraft country for themselves i know that people say that it's very very different from the book but i also know that the book was written by a racist so i don't give a fuck <laughs> 
fuck like fuck up his shit definitely who are doing. the people they were referring to um, um showrunners oh so they're not actors okay yeah, sorry, yeah, I, was so thinking I didn't writers recognize. and i think showrunners oh, wow. um, on this um which i think is just brilliant to get black people who are d- the showrunners who are doing wonderful things um i'm glad they get recognition as well because I, I you wouldn't who would think to big up a showrunner well you would because you know prentice penny is the showrunner for insecure and people very much recognize him mm, you don't uh, know prentice I, I, penny. i'm not familiar yeah i think also it comes down to sometimes as well how involved you are in the industry so are. i tend to know showrunners. yeah as an actor i like to know who the showrunners are because i want to be involved you know later on like i'd like to knowing who the showrunner was for um um or the producer and everything for um that one that Charlize Theron was just in. Uh, old God. Yes. The old, oh, that was sick. That was sick, right? That was really good. And so I like to know things like that because I, I like to know the people I'd want to work with. Fair. Quick quick question as well. Um, this might be dumb. What is the difference between a showrunner and a producer? Um, Actually, that's interesting. <laughs> I, don't so I, feel actually... like, I feel like the producers, they tend to do more logistical things. I mean, showrunners do as well, but I think that some people might say that the terms are interchangeable, but I feel like show um, producers deal a lot with the financial aspects of things. They're very involved in the finances and things like that and, and getting everything together on an overarching log- um, logistical level. Showrunners, I feel like, deal with the literal day-to-day of the, uh, in terms of the getting show. Getting the show together, yeah. okay. Um, the, thinking about the directors, how things are going to carry over with who are we getting to direct this episode and how is this going to pan out very involved in the writing maybe a bit of, of continuity as well yes okay. so being involved in that way I could be totally wrong but that's how <laughs> I know them we'll be. wait for someone to school us tomorrow like, don't you ever fucking <laughs> our jobs go way further than that you bitch so <laughs> we'll wait to, we'll wait until yeah. it comes out and it's, but, we'll yeah, tell I just, us I just look at what Prentice Penny does and other people and I see that yeah they're, they're more involved in the artistic what we get artistically through. okay Okay. Yeah. That's close um, to um, Yeah. So um yeah, that was the first letter. Let's see my next letter. So yeah, big up Lovecraft Country, big up all the showrunners involved in that. The you know, the writing is incredible. It's a serious um, show. It's beautiful. The way that the writing also, you know, involves um Intozaki um Shanga's um poetry for black girls who have considered um suicide and stuff. Like we've got that we've got um excerpts from james baldwin like the way that it's layered i even love the fact that the music that's used is not music of the time it's actually more modern it's literally modern. yeah 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 there's a scene where you get to ruby and the um when you get to ruby and the potion that's not the title of the episode i've just named it that um cardi b comes on this is rare but this, this is, is bloody sh- oh god the scene that they really for is mad oh wow Okay, I'm looking forward to that because you know mad. I love Cardi B. Woo! I felt I felt similar with um, Underground Railroad. Did you finish it? Underground yes, Railroad. Because yeah. they were they were that was the first thing that I watched that used modern music. Yes, and I was like, that's weird, but it worked. But then you see, I think that that's why they mentioned this because Underground, the person who worked on it, one of the showrunners for Underground, is also on Lovecraft. Yes. Okay, so, I, so yeah, that's a stylistic sense in terms of the similarities. You start to see their style, definitely. Yeah, coming through. So yeah, I, I really really enjoyed it. But it was the episode called "I Am." that focused on um um hippolyta the wife 
um, of the guy from episode one. That that episode that focused on her was incredible. It was Ooh. just really, really great. I think I'm just going to start all again. I think you should. Talking to you now, I think I'm just going to start, start all from the beginning, episode so, one. Yeah. So, um, and then when we go to Korea, when we go to South Korea, yeah. mad thing. Okay. Mad. I'm about to start all yeah. again. Yeah. So it's, I, I, I love this. I don't so, want to lose my flow. So two slaps on the chest to everybody. I still need to get into P-Valley. I know that Rihanna loves yes, P-Valley. P-Valley is really good. P-Valley is one of those shows, again, you know how she was schooling me at your birthday? She was like, no, 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 go back and rewatch P-Valley. Yeah. There is so much that you could easily miss in that show. It is yeah. really, really good. It's like, I'll say it's a cross between, did you know Star? Yeah, but I didn't watch it, but yeah. Yeah, Star was, Star was good. It's a cross between more that and like power. Okay. I don't know how to. Maybe I, someone might drag me for that. I don't know, but it's it's definitely it's definitely got something captivating in it, and I love the 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 main one of the main um Uncle actors. No, no, Uncle Clifford's good, but it's Mercedes I like. Mercedes is incredible. I love Mercedes. So that's the role that I auditioned for when I when I sent a self tape in for Pee Valley. That as well, but then I saw her and I saw her body and I said, "Fucking <sighs> hell, God saved me. God saved me because what." This is who I would have been up against. If, I don't. She I don't plays. Need that. She, she plays the hell out of the role. I don't need that kind of pressure. Really, she is perfect for that role. She plays the hell out of that role, and her story, just the actor's story as well, is so beautiful. Like she has been doing so many jobs. Yeah. But so a lot of the jobs that she was doing in her real life have helped her to get that role. Wow. So it was just like it was. She 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 was saying something like how when she saw the role, she knew it was like it was like created for her. That's what, how I felt. But mm-hmm. then you know, I feel like she's had way more experience. I think. Like I remember seeing it put on spotlight and they were like mercedes that's when was this um this was before lev this was just before i was pregnant with lev or no i think i saw it first they aired me and then i saw it put up again because it seems like they struggle to find a casting director consistent casting director okay so then i saw it again when i was in the early stages of pregnancy and i thought by the time that they film maybe i can do a young "Mm, get it in before i start showing but no it wasn't my portion it wasn't my portion but seeing uh, the actress who does play mercedes she's perfect for it it's a great show and uh, we still got a black british girl in there anyway um, ellarica the one that plays the um, hazel autumn i'm so shit with names is she light-skinned yeah okay so i think i know she's british she's british yeah i need to do more research she's good something something that just came out that's really good really random is borat's new movie i thought uh, people were giving me mixed reviews about that (laughs) i'm telling you this week (laughs) you watch this movie yeah and you just think to yourself how the hell did this guy get away with it you just need to go watch it. Okay. It is it is crazy. Okay. It is genuinely, genuinely. And then when he when they arrive in America as well, it's even crazier. So he's now got this new uh, female inco- accomplice. Um, yeah. Her name is... can't remember her name. But I think her name, real name is Maria Baklava. Okay. Something to that effect. And she's really good in terms of matching his kind of comedic timing. Okay. You never really think... You think to yourself, who can kind of match Borat? She matched him. And okay. she did it really, really, really well. So I'd say if you're looking for something to watch, definitely go and watch okay, Borat, the subsequent that. movie film. That's why he's decided to call it... Okay, the subsequent the movie. The subsequent <laughs> movie film. <laughs> or something like Not that. Not a sequel. Not a sequel. The subsequent <laughs> movie film. You need to go watch that. Okay, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. So, no, no, that's great. That's great. P-Valley, um, episode four, still working through it. But um, does sound like you're enjoying it. That I way. am. I'm, sure? like, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm loving Uncle Clifford. I'm loving the little excerpts of like, pole dancing, like little snippets of pole dancing that we see. It's really, really nice. I love that um, they try to represent the culture as truthfully as po- uh, possible, which I mm-hmm. think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a vibe. And I love the commentary around... Um, 
um, morality and the church. Like you lot are happy to be taking Mercedes money. Oh yes, I'm You're glad you said that. Even sending the mum to go and get more money, right? But then you don't. You want don't want her, her to be doing what she's doing. You don't want her to be doing what, she, and you don't want the mum to preach because this isn't a, a, the, the, the place for women to be taking. You know, to be stepping forward. But you're happy to chop women's money. Just wait for that mum, boy. Wait for that Mercedes mum. Mercedes mum is going to show you something, boy. God. That's what I'm going to say. And let me tell you that this now Mercedes mum. If this was a real life, Mercedes mum would be Nigerian. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. And then I'll let everyone else work it out after they've watched it or if they've watched it. No, yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm going to finish. After I finish Love, uh, Lovecraft Country, I, I've got a couple of episodes left. After I finish that, then I'm going to go back to watching P the Valley. rest of P-Valley. But yeah, it's nice to see people who end up getting the roles. I didn't get a recall or anything. But it's nice to see people who eventually end up with the roles because you're just like, you know what? You deserve. Like, yeah. you are great. Especially when you see it from when they were trying to cast. Yes. And you're like, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, no, she's perfect. So I, I read the script. So I remember doing my self-tape based on the episode one and um, her f- taking the money in the trash bags out into the car lot and um, sending my version of that over and then watch their version. I thought, mm, in terms of emotional depth, I definitely had this, but, you know... No worries, not, I see why but, you... I, but I saw why you chose this person. They're great and it's part of their destiny, so go through. Fair enough. So it was, it was wonderful. It's always good when you can do that. Yeah. So anyway, next letter... Um, says here, Dear Kalechi, I've been listening to your podcast for a few months now and love the content. It's even got to the stage that my Ghanaian mother has heard me listening to it and said, is that your friend being angry again? She loves that you tell it like it is. I finally got round to emailing you to share the magnificence of Leanne Perro. October is a hard month because as well as it being Black History Month, it's also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Sometimes it is really hard to navigate and there is so much expectation placed on you being both black and a breast cancer sufferer slash survivor. Leanne truly is a beacon of light and hope for black people and other ethnic minorities going through breast cancer. I'm currently a stage four breast cancer patient and throughout all of this I have always said over and over two things representation matters and turning a negative into a positive. Leanne does these things to um, these two in bucket loads. She has created her own charity, workshops, podcasts, visual campaigns, and now her own magazine to show how cancer affects the black community while educating and dispelling myths about cancer in general. She has done this under her Black Women Rising banner, which has made a lot of worthy noise. It is still in some circles taboo to talk about or only really um, requires prayer to take it away. Leanne takes, um, always takes the time not to belittle and make sure that people think of c rather than a or b she's even recently been given a national lottery award for the health category for all of her hard work um her hard work and dedication has been seen and rightly commemorated i'd love for you to give two well-deserved slap uh, slaps on the chest to leanne she knows her hard work is making a difference but it's always nice to hear you being praised for your work Kalechi, keep doing what you're doing especially with sally in hr i first heard about her when i was hospitalized last year and despite being on oxygen i had to grasp for breath through all of the laughing i was doing wishing you and leanne all the best miranda oh bless you leanne miranda two slaps on your chest for writing in two slaps on your chest i appreciate you and you know i i'm sending you so much love so much you know extra strength during this time like you keep going 
um, you are appreciated, you are loved, and I'm and I'm so thankful and I'm so honoured that you know during this experience that um, this podcast and Sally in HR can bring you laughter and can just add to your joy and may you be abundantly blessed with joy. Leanne Perro, big up yourself, big up yourself because two slaps on your chest because when we think about cancer. It's a conversation that we, as we know, that so many people do not want to have. Everyone's nervous to talk about the C word. Oh my God, like they don't want to talk about it. So big up yourself for showing representation, making sure that people are having the conversations about black women and their experiences um, with cancer and and making sure that we are not erased from these conversations making sure that we are aware of the statistics and how things disproportionately um, affect black women in terms of even late diagnosis or misdiagnosis when it comes to cancer um you're appreciated warrior thank you so so much for doing what you're doing um for being a beacon of light for being out there sharing information and sharing love and sharing hope primarily so you know thank you for doing that yeah so that's um share your magnificence in terms of the letters that we have we're now going to jump to a quick interview that i've uh, that i did with um femi femi nylander is um the uh, the focus um and the kind of um conduit by which we explore the story of um african apocalypse which is a documentary film that, that focuses on the uh, people of niger and how they were affected by this demon known as voulet um paul voulet who um was sent by france um sent by france to go and make sure to take over um, Niger and uh, the, it was kind of like the scramble to Lake Chad with um, Britain and France so he was sent over there and we don't talk about him enough in history to know of the atrocities the barbarism of his actions um, to try to contain and um, control the people of Niger uh, it was I'll let you listen to the to the interview and um I hope that you do end up watching the documentary. I have to say that for me the documentary was extremely triggering. It was extremely upsetting, but I guess it's a story that does need to be out there so um we have a complete history of the um colonial madness that was committed um, by France and just by Europe as a whole, you, you know, Britain, Europe, com, com, you know, committed by Europe as a whole. So um, I'll let you enjoy that and I'll catch you shortly. Hi, Femi. It's um, it's wonderful to be speaking with you. I was watching African uh, Apocalypse last night and I'm still in my feelings. I'm upset. I'm upset because I, I honestly was not, as you know that aware of what had taken place in Niger in terms of the history specifically of Niger how did you come about discovering all of this so the specificities of the the actual Vule mission uh, the Rob who I had been who I ended up working with on the film had done a bit of research from a book called Exterminate on the Groups around the idea of Vule um, and I had been involved in a campaign around Cecil Rhodes and British colonialism mm-hmm. I'd also been researching France Afrique and I'd written a song on France Afrique and on the Congo as well, um, which is obviously Belgian and colonial Africa, which I was performing at an open mic night, <laughs> which Beatrice's, I mean, um, not which um, Rob's um, partner happened to be attending. And she heard these songs about French Africa and she's like, oh, wow, this is the exact thing that 
that, that Rob, who's interested in maybe making a film, is also speaking about. And then we linked, and he told me about this story of Voulet. And then we started to do more and more research and find all these parallels between between Kurtz and Voulet and um, all the stuff which comes out in the film. I won't give too many spoilers. Um, and and yeah, and so off the back of that, we decided that that the journey to Niger would be a great one to show, although it doesn't show the British side of it, it shows the French side. It, it, it's, it's a very, very intriguing story and a drama of sorts, which it has its own kind of dramatical elements. And we thought that that would be the best way to tell the story of colonialism whilst also being able to make a film which was less documentary and more dramatically gripping. Yeah, and that it was. It it really is um, dramatically gripping in that way. I, I I love how, you know, in terms of even how it's edited, um, the ants, the constant, you know, seeing those ants, thinking about colonies, thinking about how ants build colonies, and also thinking about the female deities and spirits that are also linked to ants and the baobab tree as well. Um, in, in terms of imagery, I thought it was really, really strong. One of the questions that I have for you, um, and I don't know if that you, if if it was a collaborative uh, kind of decision in terms of creatively, seeing the images of like the mutilated black bodies, you know, the mutilated black mm -hmm. people's bodies, and we have a lot of discourse online talking about trauma porn and how it affects us as black people to constantly see images like that, and then you know, at the end of the film, we see. You about Black Lives Matter protests and things like that. Mm -hmm. How did that decision come about that, you know what, we're going to have to show these images. We have to show that this, this happened. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the reality is that there is an element of trauma porn, especially when it's trauma porn and it's propagated by people who aren't necessarily friends with movement for Black Lives. So when a, when a mm. newspaper is happy to publish or um, kind of, or, or some, someone who's, who's maybe trying to capitalize, I think, is happy to publish um, images of, of, of violence uh, against people of color, and then, and, and which they wouldn't be happy to do the same of um, for for um, for white people. And that's that's a very real thing. Uh, we see it with, with the fact that you look at the images you can find online of the Iraq War, and then clearly you can find images of 9/11 victims in the same state, right? You wouldn't you wouldn't find it. But then at the same time. Uh, we have we have the the, the, the quote um, I think it's from Will, Will Smith which says racism isn't getting um, worse it's just getting filmed right the reality is that the, the reason that we've seen such an upsurge in, in in black lives is because of things like the viral video of George Floyd of Philando Castile and the rest right which is someone going live because the violence is real it's there and it's seen and it's unnegatable when it's on someone's Facebook timeline being streamlined live to, to move people around the world. And that has been an mm. impetus for a lot of the, um, the, the, um, the inability to negate the truth of what's going on by, by white America and by kind of other um, people around the world because they can see it. And so obviously it's a very thin line to tread between. And even when we were making the trailer, we had to think about there's a thin line to tread between showing the truth of what happened and being like, no, this is it, this is the reality, this is this is European colonialism in all its um, glory and, um, and, and, and kind of putting um, our own people or my own people who are watching the film in a position where they're going to not necessarily feel, feel um, comfortable. And I think we, there were some images, um, I think 
what we did with the, the cow scene, where we have mm -hmm. some cows who's, um, you can see them having stuff which is described of the people being done. We're doing it mm -hmm. to cows because you will notice early in the scene, early in the film, we have a scene, the only kind of reenactment scene when I'm reading the book in the library and it kind of dives into a reenactment. And we thought about mm -hmm. doing more kind of fictionalization reenactment scenes like that. But I think the line would have been if we had started to actually push and kind of reenact that kind of thing. So that's why we had the cow scene where we described what was going on, but it was happening, um, it wasn't happening to people on your screen. And I think the archival images of, of people with their hands chopped off and, and, and the whips and the chains and the rest, it's just a necessity to, to, to have people understand that this is the, the reality. I mean, when the film comes out in a more um, open setting, I don't know if we'll have to put a, a um, age limit on or something because of some of the, the kind of um, imagery in there, but I definitely think it's something that people need to see and that we want this film to be seen by both Africans and Europeans and anyone who doesn't know the history of this. It's it's yeah it's a raw film i mean even the first-hand accounts and testimonies from the the people who are direct descendants right it's not um, mm. easy stuff to hear or listen to and at some point we as a people will have to confront it yeah um i think you're totally right and i think some kind of maybe age limit will help but i don't know if age will even change it because i know that it shook me you know watching it especially with you know like there was the image the archival image of the head on um mm -hmm. you know that, on the poll that really I, I what i felt was like a surge of anger because it's the fact that we know that this mythical third world debt still exists we know that you know mm -hmm. we talk about reparations we talk and which is also brought up in the film which i think is brilliant as well where the teacher talks about the fact that yeah you could give us reparations for all of these things in terms of money but what about all of the lives lost um so I feel like, yeah, I think it's a, it's a very, very brave, um, it's a very, very brave project to take on. But also I, one of the scenes that I found really interesting was when um, one of the elders, I think they were speaking with you and they were asking you, to, I think they were asking you to be more vulnerable or to really engage mm -hmm. with what was happening. Was there an aspect of you, which I feel like I would have been similar, that didn't want to go all the way in and engage in that way up until that point because of the trauma? Partly because of the trauma and partly as well because of the, another theme through the film. Um, when these people have their stories and they know their stories and the generational stories and they're not crying as well. On some occasions they were, but that tended to be later in the film. You see the anger, but they're not necessarily emotionally unstable as they're telling me these stories. How can I, as a relatively wealthy, Western educated um, person coming over, then start to shudder and shake and and, and, and stop on screen, right? It's very, it would seem very gratuitous. And so I yeah. think that the, the exact quote was uh, from the lady was in French was that I was like a kind of a stoicist, stoic, like a Zen-like um, stoicism. And I, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's sometimes the way that you approach these things. When when you um, have confronted with something which is very, very raw and very, very deep, you can either kind of go all the way and, and take out your kind of, Nigerian auntie and oh, what, what do you, <laughs> or you can, or you can, no, or you can kind of just take it on the chin. And I think I was trying to do it up to that point, but then mm. obviously they prompted me to, they, they prompted me and said that it may look like a lack of empathy or interest. And so I, I, I thought, okay, let me make sure I, I do, I do, I do express myself a bit more to the, to the, to the people on the ground.
Yeah, I think because we've got that, you know, having both kind of grown up in Britain, we've got that kind of stiff upper lip mentality as well, um, where it's kind of, we're hearing these things, and especially when you are the kind of conduit by, uh, through which we hear this story, you're trying to remain kind of, um, you know, a, a little bit distance from it. So the story can follow through because like you said, it could have easily mm -hmm. just been all about you if you started throwing yourself on the ground exactly. and screaming. Um, but then when um, our African like siblings and elders look at us, they're like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you, why aren't you feeling something? Which we are, it's just, I guess we, we kind of socialized into not expressing it in um, the same way. But I, I think it is, um, really, really brilliant. What I um, enjoyed as well was when you were in one of the towns and you went up, was it like a mountain, to go and meet uh, the... Yes, yeah, yeah. The, yes. the kind of altar of the sacred spirit. Yes, and I loved that their most revered spirit is of... they. She's it's female. Mm. And I wondered if that was something that you saw quite a lot of while you were there in Niger. Yeah, so one of the main tensions in the country um, on a spiritual level is the tension between um, indigenous beliefs and the kind of house animist beliefs which existed before and then Islam which came with the expansion of um, the, the, the kind of expansion of Islam from the Arab Peninsula before European colonialism and then was utilised as a way of indirect rule by the French colonialists who thought it was easier to control Muslims than to control <laughs> people with <laughs> yeah. indigenous beliefs. And so has kind of been pushed um, on, on, on the people who want to continue with the native beliefs and spirits and stuff. I mean, I remember when we went to the seance and there's the seance scene at the end where I'm dancing and the music that actually was from earlier in the journey, it was from the same, to the same time. With, so it was put on by the guy, um, by Malam who brought me up the mountain. And the seance, I remember the soldiers and even Asan, one of the guys saying, this is haram, if it weren't for the film and you, we wouldn't be here. This, this kind of stuff is, 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 is spirit worship and, and we don't believe in it in Islam. So that, there's definitely a, a tension between Islam um, in the country and um, the role of uh, the, 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 the female in that space. And then the, the idea of some of these indigenous beliefs where you have um, the... Um, very different roles and, and very different um, understandings. And I, I think that the, it is the idea of Iskoki, which actually means kind of wind in Hausa, um, and um, the idea of, of these spirits, of these very real kind of spirits which live in trees and which, which, which fight invaders and which can, can cause car crashes and all this kind of stuff, is very real in the minds of a lot of people. Even people mm. who might say, oh, no, 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 we, we go to the mosque and we pray, they, they, they are mm. in, in, in public, in private. There's a lot of um, belief in this, in this kind of stuff still. Um, in the same way that in Nigeria, you might find a lot of people who go to church and the rest, but they still believe in Juju and the rest, right? Um, well, yeah, um, that if our if 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 our deities, yeah, yeah, they and I think that that's in, that's why Shango, I thought exactly was interesting to me because I think that no matter how violent and atrocious um, 
and how violent and atrocious uh, colonialism was and is in terms of the tertiary effects. The fact of the matter is that spirituality has been so strong within, you know, the, um, our nations that it's still found a way through. It's still kind of found a way through, even if it's vilified in the mainstream, which is, yeah, like you say, what we find in Nigeria as well with the vilification of um, the Ifa religion or um, Yoruba cosmology. So, yeah, it's, it, it's just a fascinating, it was just really, really fascinating to watch so when we get to um, Voulet's grave, mm -hmm. how did that feel for you? Because the moment I saw it, I was just like, why is this man looking after it? Because I would have, I would have broken it to pieces. <laughs> and this is the, you saw that there were people who were saying, I was at a World Bank meeting and they said, are you, are you tending to it? And like, no, if you want to tend to it, you tend to it. <laughs> yeah. And, and there people saying, take the bags off, take the bones of the bag and send them back to Europe, all this, that, the rest. Mm. I think part of the reason is actually because of the poverty is so real there that they genuinely think that maybe one day someone will come and make a film about this and then it will become a tourist destination. <laughs> yeah, and, and we yeah. can have some money coming into the village. I think that's part of it. I think pressure outside from maybe from France as part of it as you said the World Bank meeting you're asking are you tending this grave because you noticed as well there was a monument flop and there was mm. a scene where they say they he, he gets his own monument unlike Vule's countless African victims mm. no spoilers but Club is another French officer um, mm. and um, yeah I mean I think that it is um, it is part and parcel I've lost my train of thought give me a second <laughs> um, yeah, the grave is um, the grave. The attending of the grave is definitely something controversial in the in the village, and a lot of people in the village there would rather see the back of it because they don't know why this this person is, is still being. And you can see as well that it is cracked in places, and it kind of has yes. a fence around it. But it isn't it isn't so well tended. Um, that mm. um, is one of the interesting things for me is when I um, kneel down at the grave, and then the um, Hassan says to me, um, Tashi in Hausa, which means um, get up. You're not we're not paying respects. Yeah. We're not here to pay respects to the dead. I love that bit. I, <laughs> I love that bit. Just stood up. I was like, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. That point. Respe pay respect to Never. Never. <laughs> no, exactly. but I, yeah, I, I thought. Um, he had an image in his head of me with, with flowers and bouquet, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, it was oh, it, it it was really really something to watch, and I feel that ultimately, to me, um, the power of spirituality still came through because you know in the accounts that we hear of the soldiers talking about basically Foulet did run mad eventually, like because he, he talks about spirits meeting him in his dreams and things like that. So, yeah, I I think to me that some I we know that uh, poverty is. Um, has really really gripped Niger I just found a sense of hope in some ways in watching um, um, African apoc uh, apocalypse because to me I feel like for more people to see this we're going to have to have more of a conversation about what happened and hopefully that will mean a way through for Niger um, because when I watch the young people and one of the um, women talking about the fact that the young people leave because they've got to go and basically find a way to provide for the families that are still there. It, it, it was heartbreaking. Were there moments like that where you just thought, mm, this is too much for me? Um, I think because of the nature of the fact that we only had a certain budget and we had to kind of, we were filming every day but one, 
I was very stern with myself because I was very stern and hard with myself because I was like, you know, we're here to tell this story and we're not here to tell my story. We're here to make sure that we get the stories, this kind of oral history, this first-hand account from the people. And if it's very, very raw and very, very intense, all the better because that's the truth of the history and we and, and it needs to come out. I definitely, it was definitely an emotional burden, but I think I managed to, to, the, to keep that. Kind of hold it all together. Of, yeah because we needed to, to, in order to do it in the time frame that we had. So when, after experiencing something um, such as that, how does it make you kind of look at, for instance, growing up in Bristol and attending Oxford? Does, do you have a kind of... Bolton, grew up in Bolton. Bolton, sorry, Bolton. So growing up in Bolton and then looking back on all of this, how does it, how does it shape, you know, your, your kind of perspective on the life that you've had so far? Oh, definitely. I mean, there's a scene in there which says, I'm also a beneficiary of empire in a way. Does that make me be in a way responsible or at least kind of necessary to take back? And I do think that those of us in the diaspora have had access to institutions like Oxford, um, who have um, even had access to just worried about having a British passport, right? And not mm. having to worry about visas <laughs> anywhere in mm. the world, right? Because I think that there is that element of benefiting from the system that is or in the same way oppressing us and our, our people on the continent and so um I definitely there was there was that element of awakening and then obviously disconnect which is there throughout the whole film the idea of am I partially European partially African where do I lie in that in that kind of fissure line um I think um yeah I just became much more aware of um my um benefits as a westerner um, and how mm. those are also a result of um this this history of colonial colonialism and, and and domination and then also my responsibility as someone who has access to uh, institutions like the bfi the bbc who has access to um knowledge production who has access to 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 be physically in france and britain and in the kind of colonial metropole and this other rest. my responsibility that comes from the um not my yet yeah, the responsibility that comes from the fact that I'm here that to, to, to do what I can to try and fix this problem. Mm, yeah, and do you think it's your problem to fix? I think, I don't think that Trump is, or, or Boris Johnson, or <laughs> anyone like that is going <laughs> to be stepping up to fix it anytime soon. I don't. I think that if we as black people wash our hands and say that it's not our issue, racism isn't our issue, colonialism isn't our issue, no one's going to tell these stories for us. Um, and mm. so, um, it shouldn't be but it, it partially is yeah. yeah no thank you thank you for that i'm looking forward to um everyone being able to kind of watch the documentary and for the conversation that happens around it one of my my, my final question is about the road that's that vule uh, built or had built and one of the questions you ask the girls is that well you know you have this road so isn't surely that's something right um how did that question come about? Because I all I knew automatically she was going to be like, you know, that road can fuck off. So, you know, mm -hmm. how did that come about? Girl scene isn't the only point where I had to do that insofar as I gave a question in order to elicit a specific response. In the drama at Dankori scene, I remember that the old men, what I knew that they felt and wanted them to say was what they ended up saying, which is that the first time a... A, um, a real person died here was 
was was club and before that it was just african so they weren't worthless but i had to ask the question i had to be like um so do you think that um there's a difference between the way that the death of club is perceived and the um death of um the um uh, Europe, uh, the death of the Africans is perceived, even though I knew what their response was going to be, and I knew what my my position on the thing was. Right? It's not that I am genuinely questioning whether or not that is the case. It's because I know it's going to be more compelling for the film and the dramatization if 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 this point is made. And it was the same, really, with the the girls. I wanted it to be clear that um, this road, because that's one of the main um, tropes that not trope. Well, yeah, it's one of the main tropes which is mm. often given to justify colonialism, the, the idea of infrastructure, the idea of railroads and roads and buildings and the rest. Mm. It's like, look, we, build a, we built a load of stuff these primitive people didn't have before. And it's like, not really. You built roads that went directly from the mines to the coastal towns where you set the capital cities um, like Lagos, um, mm. etc. Um, in order to ship them to Europe. And if you look at railroads and roads in Africa, a lot of them literally just go from places where resources are to coastal mm. towns where they can then be shipped off. Um, and um, yeah, I felt that I asked that question in order to, as you say, elicit that response um, and um, be able to make that point no, through the girls because it's much more compelling for it to come from their mouths than from mine. <laughs> yes, yes, and it truly was because when the young girl was talking and uh, talking about the fact that she doesn't even get to see her sister and things like that, it really touched me. But um, yeah, no, thank you so much, Femi. Thank you for, you know, taking on um, that role because as you say, we can't expect Trump or Boris to be out here telling the truth about what happened with colonialism. So in some, you know, in a lot of respects, it's down to us to go out there and bring the truth forward um, so we are all aware because we can be aware of one aspect of its um, history and not know the really really deeply nuanced um, histories of other places that are basically our neighbours in terms of Nigeria and Niger so um, I really commend you for doing that and I'm looking forward to watching it again because there's even more that I want to be able to deconstruct from the kind of imagery and everything that took place and for everybody else to be able to watch it too. Do your parents like it? Uh, yeah, uh, my my parents like it. They, my dad, when I was making a film for years, my dad was like, "Why are you not going off and getting a real job? What are you doing trying to make your film?" But eventually, he watched it. and He's like, "Okay, yeah, it's good." Uh, my mum was always very, <laughs> very supportive. And she, uh, she, she likes it as well. I think it's very eye-opening, but yeah, very heavy as well, obviously. And obviously, yeah. it has relevance to them as Nigerians because it's about the northern border of Nigeria just as much as the southern border of Niger. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Femi. Thank you. Thank you, Gelechi. Much appreciated. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed that. Um, it was really interesting to speak with Femi, um, get his um, perspective as a black person who grew up in Bolton. I think I said Bristol initially. You know me. <laughs> Typical Londoner. Anything out of London, I'm like, don't same know that. Oh, sorry. All the same to me. All would've the said, same to me. Would have Blackpool as well. <laughs> to throw that in there. <laughs> Belfast. So, <laughs> but no, it was great. It was great to speak with um, Femi. Um, about that, because I think that we did need the retelling of Joseph Conrad's um, Heart of Darkness. And 
I, you know, I watched it and I instantly knew it was being directed by a white man, you know, because that was, it was directed by Rob Lemkin and I watched it and I thought, as a black person, I don't think that I would have made the um, stylistic choices, some of the choices that were made if I truly wanted it to be something that was um, accessible to a black audience. But I appreciate that, you know, they, the, the story, everyone wants to tell their stories differently. So, you know, do you. And as you'll hear in the interview as well, I had to make a, a correction, especially when when we were talking about um, Yoruba spirituality and Femi mentioned Juju because I think that it's important. Language matters and it's important for all of us to be getting our language um, in accurate and um, respectfully when we are talking about... Um, you know practices some that we might never understand and i understand why femi would have referred to it as juju because we know that this is the way that people have denigrated yoruba cosmology for centuries due to colonialism but i feel like the my purpose part of my purpose in being here is writing that wrong and making sure that we all you know put some respect on the europe you know the yoruba people them's name um but yeah if you want to um watch um african uh, apocalypse like i mentioned in the interview it's released on bfi player on the 30th of october so you can watch it from there and i know that it's already premiered at the london film festival from the 16th of october so you know we just like to support people support things support movements and i definitely think that the story of the people of niger need to be told because fuck france fuck france forever and a day fuck you macron and fuck all the um, people that came before you that were doing the fuckery that you're doing as a president like you're all mad and um run africa is check thanks so much anyway let's then get into um so you mad so you mad the only story the number one story that i want to discuss this oh week is jeffrey tubin jeffrey mm. tubin if you um if you people have not heard um, Jeffrey Tubin, um, oh gosh. So I'll just read you the bit. Laughing already. <laughs> so um, Jeffrey Tubin is a CNN legal analyst, and he's also um, a New York um, New Yorker, the um, newspaper, the New Yorker. He's a staff writer for the New Yorker as well. Um, well, oh. Okay, yes. You don't even want to start uh, it. You don't even want to talk about it. So Jeffrey was masturbating during a Zoom call when he was um, on a Zoom call with colleagues. Um, yeah, it says here, Jeffrey Tubin has been suspended while we investigate the matter. The call, which was described as an election stimu- simulation, um, featured Tubin's New Yorker colleagues, including Jane Mayer, Ma- Masha Gessen, um, Andrew Marantz, and all of these other people, playing various roles in potential 2020 outcomes, including President Trump, Joe Biden, establishment Republicans, establishment Democrats, and the military. Tubin was playing the courts. According to two sources, Tubin was seen masturbating in what was um, supposed to be a 10 minute strategy session along party lines, but that it seemed like Tubin was on a second video call. The sources said that when the groups returned from their breakout rooms, Tubin lowered the camera. The people on the call said they could see Tubin touching his penis. Tubin then left the call. Moments later, he called back in, seemingly unaware of what he's calling. <laughs> <laughs> seemingly un- 
unaware of what his colleagues had been able to see and the simulation continued. <sighs> so they continued with the... <laughs> continued with that call let me tell you now. oh that's why i love white people because they will do they will go through anything literally white people <laughs> and maintaining the peace oh if it means that they have to die they'll do it oh, oh god they can die for image oh. um this piece they said that they've updated with more information in an email to staff according to vice new yorker editor david remnick wrote dear all as you may have read in various news reports one of our writers jeff tubin was suspended after an incident on a zoom call last week please be assured that we take such matters seriously and that we are looking into it i'm sure you did (laughs) um Um, Prior to the reported masturbation, Tubin, one of CNN's biggest stars, offered an apology for his embarrassingly stupid mistake and attempted to explain what had led to the incident. I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake, (laughs) believing I was (laughs) off camera. I apologise to my wife, family, friends and co-workers. Tubin said in a statement to Motherboard, I believed I was not visible on Zoom. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. I thought I had muted the Zoom video. I, I thought, yeah, I thought I'd m- muted the Zoom video. Um, according to CNN statement obtained by the Washington Post, Jeff Tubin has asked for some time off while he deals with a personal issue, which we have granted. Let me tell you, the personal issue that he has is masturbation that's the because let me, no, no, let me just tell you this yeah if you're on a zoom call it's likely that he was on a zoom call during the work day right so, it was so right so it was light outside yeah if you um guys anyone watching me this is male female wherever if you are masturbating during the day you have a problem <laughs> if you are masturbating <laughs> during the <laughs> day <laughs> If you are masturbating during the day, you have a problem. So let me tell you, that is why. And you you kind of, you want to feel sorry for him. Like, yeah. oh my God, like, oh, that's so embarrassing. But no, 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 no. If you did not have that problem, if you were only doing it at night, when most people tend to do it. And it's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's like, get through your work day. How, uh, I want to know, yeah. How stressful is your, how stressful must your work life be where it's like, you, you have to knock one out in the afternoon. That's fucked up. <laughs> For me, I feel like... That's fucked up. You can pleasure yourself at any time of the day. No! Wait, wait, any time of the day, but my issue becomes when you have to do it in the Zoom call. No. They said that this was a 10-minute strategy session, uh, fam. So you, was... did, you didn't have to be online for that long. You didn't have to be online for that long. And you couldn't wait 10 minutes? It reminds... You had to strangle your chicken in that, that way. That instant. <laughs> and I'm t- that's what I'm trying to get you to see. It's a problem. It reminds me of the times where I used to work at a phone shop. And I remember this guy came in and he came in so frustrated like he was shaking Cole. Wow. like literally like oh bruv I brought this phone here and it never fucking works what the okay. fuck is wrong with it just look at it man I can't I can't keep doing this oh, bro no. Oh, no. so I was thinking oh, I feel sorry for this let me let me even go and see so I'm checking the phone out I'm seeing like he's got an issue with the button and and he's he's got this. Then he further expands and he says to me, "Yeah, because I keep trying to go on the, these different web pages and it never works. So I'm thinking something's wrong with the phone." Yeah. Now, what my man had an issue with is that um, we, you know, when you like first buy a phone, it yeah. comes already already with a content block on it, yeah, so you yeah. can't access certain sites. Come and see what this guy was typing in. Oh, the porn, no. oh The no. porn searches. I and at that point, I'm realizing that actually I have your phone in my hand. I'm touching it with my <laughs> hand. 
it was I I could I I let out an internal scream as loud as that. <laughs> it was crazy, and it, what was more concerning for me was the way his his lips were dry. He was like he was <laughs> no 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 Cole. I'm telling you, he was shaking. He needed to knock one out, <laughs> and it was just like. I never want to get to the stage in my life where I that it becomes that where I'm walking into a and phone shop and you're shaking, shaking because I need to knock one out. And I just thought to myself, "You are absolutely. You should be so ashamed of yourself." I looked at the, the look I gave him was like, "No, you should be so ashamed of you." In the day, it was probably eleven a.m. But he needed to get it sorted for later on. You don't know when he was planning <laughs> nah, to. Sorry. You don't know when he was planning to do his thing, and he definitely wasn't going to do it during a Zoom call. Is my issue. But like, remember the time that when we started doing all the work from home stuff, and you were eating KFC, and you thought you were off. Camera? Oh, okay, fair enough. But do you know what it is? That was that was totally different. I'll tell you guys what happened with that one. So I'd come in, and I was on the work call through my phone, and I thought, okay, now I'm in my house. Let me switch to my laptop. So I switched to my laptop now. I was wearing two trousers. You know how we do sometimes. Yeah. I was wearing two trousers. One was hanging out really low. The yeah. other one was was up. The, whoever was talking was presenting on the conference call. I was in and out from my kitchen. So I brought the KFC from the kitchen into the living room now. And I'm just eating the KFC, looking at the screen. And then I could just see on the screen, Sadiq, turn your camera on, Sadiq. Turn- <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It was mortifying for me, more so because it just showed that I was not paying attention to the meeting and we all had to pay attention. So it was like, them Zoom calls, I swear, there's some horror stories, but never a horror story like you wanking. That Come is, on. That is, that, that, but Come that's why, on. That's why I wanted you to tell the story because to me that was so hilarious when you didn't even know no. that you that you, they were watching your KFC yeah. your KFC, also asserting that black people love chicken. <laughs> yeah. and, I'm, and you know me, when I'm eating, I don't eat like fancy. I'm eating, I'm, I was eating that chicken literally. And then I'm, bare, and maybe I'm picking my nose. I'm just being like Sadiq and they will just see me I just thought oh my god that is absolutely terrible but to me that is as far as anything should go right or the most I can have yeah is maybe if you kind of move your laptop screen down and you're not wearing any uh, trousers you're wearing boxes I'm like okay cool that's horrifying but that's the that's the very that's the maximum we can we can kind of get to but you fapping off that's wild to me and it had to have been morning as well so I'm even I'm even more annoyed by it now that I was in the morning time (laughs) And you have a what? wife, you have... Oh, I apologise to my wife. Fam, don't apologise to me. Don't, don't even don't, mention don't, me. Don't, don't. don't even mention me. I'm no longer I'm embarrassed. here. I'm don't, don't mention me. Oh. That is wild. And they say that they think that he was in the second call. So you were doing live chat. It wasn't... Right, it, it then. Wasn't it wasn't a porn video. It was a live chat. You were and with that, a webcam, babe. Oh, That's why you're apologising to your wife. Oh, because I don't know what he was apologising to his wife. That's why he's apologising to his wife. Because if it was a random woman in the Czech Republic that you're just watching a, a, a porn <laughs> video... It's the Czech Republic. <laughs> fine you can do that but it's the fact that you you booked you booked this and you called oh. in oh oh he's never going to be able to live that down it's one of those things where it can ruin your life that i but i i have to disagree he is a white man mm. he's a white man who was literally the star of cnn he'll be embarrassed for a little bit mm, and he'll move on because because when I was looking at the online conversation, I was absolutely shocked at the number of white people defending who... him. Ah, oh! uh-huh. they do it too. Who hasn't masturbated? Who hasn't masturbated ever? <laughs> Are we shaming this man for doing what we all do? <laughs> no, <that> nice. <laughs> no, Karen. We're not shaming this man for doing what we all do. We're talking about the time and the place that, that he, decided... he chose to do it. That is literally it. He did not need to do it during the Zoom call. You oh could my wait. God. Why is it so that at that moment you had to? 
and then to come back on so you've zipped up your you zipped up your jeans everyone washed hopefully washed thing. your hands no, I, you I mean, wouldn't have washed your hands because you didn't get up <laughs> <laughs> I love how <laughs> I think he did they said that he went he, he went uh, he went away and then came back and sat down and he thought that he was now starting the zoom course so to him it was just like oh okay, and now cool. back to and work. now back to work I'm even. You know what? Break I need to. to I need to give a big fuck you to the people that watched it as well because you lot are actually. <laughs> no, nah, that's actually terrible of them because if you knew that your colleague was doing that accidentally or purposely, well, turn it off. <laughs> no, are you I'm telling watching. me? That? <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I'm watching. Is he the whole thing? <laughs> This is monumental. I am not missing out. I want to see the whole thing. It's like you screen record. Me. This Zoom call is now recording. I. I, Boy, it's true. It's them once in a lifetime things. They will never happen again. I'll get my phone out. I'll be. You'll see me on camera holding my phone to the screen. I will record the thing. If I don't have the uh, permission to be able to press record on the Zoom call, I'll record on my phone. I'll record on my phone because I don't want anyone to tell me that I imagined this. No, it's true. I don't want because you will get gaslighted. There is no CBD oil in the world. <laughs> that will tell me that I imagine this. I want proof. Oh my god! I want proof. Ugh. And so I feel like everyone, and I think that there's a thing of there's an element of shock because you can't believe it. That you know that like when you are that. transfixed to the yeah, spot yeah, yeah, where yeah, yeah. you can't like, move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, this isn't happening. Yeah, you can't even touch anything, press anything because you're just like, what? I don't. If I look away, what? Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. <gasps> oh. I would and then, not. And then, it's the, no, but what gets me is that then everyone trying to have a normal conversation afterwards. I would just not like, be able that. to. You're all watching go away. All of you are in your private chats like, what the fuck is happening right uh, now? And he sits down and he's like, yeah, so hi guys, we're all back. You minimise the screen. That was the first mistake that you made. You ooh. minimise your screen because if you kept your screen big, You would see. Oh. He minimised the screen and didn't know that he was still there. Oh, and that was the same mistake I made. I didn't even notice my camera light was on. Wow. Didn't notice my camera light was on. I was looking at the screen. I was I was hearing it and I flick onto the screen and imagine you just see 10 people saying, Sadiq, 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 Sadiq. Oh, wow. you just want to collapse. You literally want to. And that to is chicken. Collapse. That's <laughs> chicken. That's chicken. So just imagine having a full on. Oh. <laughs> I, I never felt secondhand embarrassment. Like what oh. I felt for him when I was reading that oh. article. I said... Oh. If it was somebody else, their life is over. But knowing white men and how they fail upwards, be right. he'll be the face of one charity. If he's got a good charity, <laughs> they'll be like, oh, he's got a sex addiction. Yeah, no, 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 that seriously. sex look, addiction is their favourite one. Look, look into it. Look into the whole addictions. If he's listening to it, hopefully. If he's listening <laughs> to this podcast, hopefully. Please look into that whole addiction thing. Because if you cannot, like like you were just saying, it's very important that you mentioned it. It was only going to be 10 minutes. But I think Jeff, that, it was only going to be I 10 minutes. I think that minutes. his life is either, like you say, extremely stressful or extremely boring. Right. Right. because so he's just like no i need something because this is and why did you also schedule your um babe on Cl- yeah close to the time that right, right. you could have saved that on is it because your for wife later. Is only, maybe his wife is only out for a window of time right so he needs to get get it done get, in that time before she comes home <laughs> women are always clocking onto the, <laughs> the things the little details that i would not even think about that's true because you only have time frame a small time window so he's like well by the time she goes to go and get her hair um rinsed and permed and, yep. and curled this is how much time she's up but these motherfuckers want me to be online doing this call so if i can just in this little window time, here the, do of three minutes just get this wank in and then everything's covered you yeah, know i've heard of it and some men actually think that way i was hearing one story about this guy who was living with his girlfriend and um she would go to sleep or maybe something like how she'll have a nap or whatever and while she's having a nap he'll go out and have sex with other women by the time 
time she's waking up, he's already back in the bed as if those nothing's happened. I literally that sounds like the premise of the fall, the um, series <laughs> on Netflix. But but also I really thought you were just gonna say he'd go off to another room and have a wank. He actually left and went No 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 left the house. How actually long was she to... napping for? Boy. That that should be optimum twenty five minutes. You shouldn't be sleeping long. But my thing is let's say she was napping an hour. You're having to think to yourself, <laughs> like a baby, you see how you watch Lev, you think like when as soon as Lev yeah. goes down, you're like, Alright, cool, let me go do this. Yeah. You actually think to yourself, Okay, well, as soon as she goes down, you're gonna leave the house, you're timing your yeah it's horrible wow it's absolutely absolutely horrible i i i don't know how this guy is going to be able to recover from this one but no, he will we'll white see. men always like people were even ready to rehabilitate not that they're <laughs> the same thing at all but people were ready to rehabilitate um um harvey weinstein when after all of the things that they heard yeah some of them genuinely shocked that he'd go he to can't jail. be rehabilitated he has to be castrated right, Sorry. Like, they, they were ready for that they were literally ready for that so talk less of this one who hasn't masturbated what did he do wrong for loving himself who hasn't made a mistake via zoom i haven't made that mistake. yeah not that many mistakes i mean i might click on the wrong screen i might that's a mistake i might leave myself on mute right and i'm talking away that's a mistake that's a mistake wanking i no no i can't i can't you sexually harassed all of your work colleagues as far as I'm concerned And now. you have forced them to see something that they would have not wanted to see. Exactly. So that's it. So as far as I'm concerned, you can no longer do this job, but they won't do that to him. And they can say wrongful termination, I guess. Well, if what well, he can say if wrongful termination. If they try termination. to fire him, yeah. Well, yeah, he can say that based on the, on the, on the fact that he has an addiction, if he admits to that. Yeah, which you think yeah, he, which he would need to do. Maybe, yeah. yeah, he would need to do that before he can say wrongful termination. You have to admit to having a problem <laughs> <laughs> before you say wrongful termination. Because if you don't have a problem, anyone should terminate you. And Mercury was in retrograde when that happened. <laughs> it always comes back to that. Mercury was literally in retrograde, so you didn't check your technology before you decided. To, and I, I wonder, was Venus in retrograde or is she stationed? So your your desires clashed with mercury in that moment and then look at the results of what oh happened. god one big fuck up oh could no 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 it, it really uh, I, I i remember reading it and just cringing like i put my hand over <laughs> my face loving. like what the fuck why how does that happen to somebody how mm. i thought i'd muted myself so people even heard the sound oh god horrifying i've no no, there is nothing in it. And the thing is, nothing can happen to him now. You know, he can't he can't say, oh, you know, I no longer want to be alive because this is so embarrassing because then everybody's getting flack for even... For when, even bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so everyone just... It's know, true, they have to take care of his mental health now because yeah. if he does, it's true because, <laughs> because that, you that, all exposed him. They could have really... A lot, I'm sure this has happened before and it's, they've kept it no, under wrap. No, not, not with him. I'm just saying, I'm sure it's happened somewhere with someone else before and they've managed to keep it under wraps they didn't need to come out publicly about it well they would well yeah yeah but the thing is people love people love a drama i know but they didn't need to publicly come out about if they wanted to save face so there must be something there yeah maybe people were aggravated with him and they thought yeah this is our time this is your time to know this is this is your time to get it but yeah that's that for so you mad so let's get into straw of the week So I'll start straw of the week, aka suck your mum with a letter. It says here, hey Kalechi, I hope you've had a great run and are feeling refreshed and accomplished. I actually didn't run today because it was raining, but I know that you meant this for last week. Um, Apologies for this long, um, apologies that this is long. I started this and couldn't stop typing. If you read this online, please call me AK. Thank you. Love you. I'm going to jump right into it. 
Firstly, a big fuck you to the Department of Work and Pensions, Ian Duncan Smith, Amber Rudd and Universal Credit. I really hope no one tagged you in this already. I should probably insert my trigger warning here. This topic will cover child poverty and suicide. This week, a nursery, well, last week now, <clears throat> a nursery worker tweeted that one of the mothers at the nursery had passed away two weeks ago. She lost her job, applied for universal credit and has been told she would need to wait six weeks for payment. She was then unable to access help, i.e. a food parcel, because she couldn't prove that she and her family needed it, so she ended her life. My heart breaks for her kids who are now in foster care. My heart breaks for her because I've been in her situation, but I am angry. People who have never, who have never needed or been on universal credit were commenting on how selfish she is and what type of woman leaves her kids um, did, um, did not warrant... Um, they said something like whatever, whatever she did not warrant leaving a three and a seven year old alone with all my heart and soul i wish nothing but bad fortune and the spirit of despair on each and every one who has said such idiotic things about this lady and her situation as someone who has worked since i was 15 i paid taxes as soon as i left uni and was let down by the so-called benefit system when i needed it most i understand and sympathize with this lady this is not the first time i'm hearing of single mothers ending things because they aren't being given the right support according to a report by the joseph roundtree foundation single mothers are most likely to be stuck in a cycle of in-work poverty over the last five years poverty rates have risen for children and pensioners poverty rates are highest in london the north of england midlands and wales and lowest in the south excluding london scotland and northern ireland if the Department of Work and Pensions and Universal Credit aren't making people wait six weeks for a payment, then they are deducting payments and penalising people for working. I'm not sure if you've looked at nurseries for Lev yet, but the costs of preschool childcare are eye-watering. To give you an example, my daughter's nursery fees are £1,786 a month for full-time places. <laughs> yeah! Oh, God. What? Oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my, my daughter's nursery fees are £1,786 a month for a full-time place, three days a week. Okay, okay, private nursery. No, no more nursery. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> People are still having trouble. Anyways, uh, sorry. Three days a week is £1,071 oh. a month. That is most people's salary. Oh. Under universal credit, they claim you get up to 85% back of childcare fees. The maximum you get on universal credit is £646 for childcare costs. I'm not, I'm, not even, I'm not great at maths, but that don't add up. That don't, that don't add math, up. The math ain't math. <laughs> it ain't math. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And here's the best part about it. You only get the maximum payment if you earn under £15,000 per annum. <laughs> L-O-L. That's someone earning less than £1,153 a month. Everyone that came up with this calculation is mad. On top of that, most charities cannot assist someone who earns more than £15,000 pounds per annum because that is the threshold for low income i earn just under 30k per annum and have not and have struggled to pay my childcare fees due to not receiving university credit and um, universal credit credit reimbursements i've almost been homeless i've been in so much debt don't get me wrong i'm still in mad debt just nowhere near homelessness again but all this started because i went back to work as a single mum 
I've been depressed, suicidal and hapless. The measures that I've gone to just to ensure that my child has food in her belly and that we have gas and lecky. So to see women and men, especially black women who according to JRF report are at um, a higher risk of in-work poverty to sit there behind their laptops calling this woman selfish rather than condemning the system that caused this mess infuriates me. How fucking dare you? I hope that one day they will need to use universal credit and will also face the same barriers that this woman faced and feel as hapless and hopeless as she did because how fucking dare they? They need to take a million straws and suck their mothers dry and when they're done with that they need to stick the same straws up the dad's bum and suck him dry too. Wow. <laughs> Secondly, a big wholehearted fuck you to all those fuckers who sent you shit on your birthday and the salon girls who were fucking about with your weave installation i'm not sure how to end this email but enjoy your sunday also i'm not always this angry who girl sis you can be as angry as you fucking want to be there after so you many- have to pay 1700 i will be in a permanent state of anger i'm sorry i will live in a state of anger if i'm paying that oh! much on child fees my child needs to come back gilded in gold whoa oh my god so i'm gonna pay all of that and my child's gonna come home dirty oh about, my oh, we god we were playing with paints today nah no no you weren't you weren't i'm just i, I hear about nursery fees all the time but just to hear that figure right 1700 if they're in a full-time if place. they're in a full-time place which you might need as but a single three mom days a week how much less is that even three just days 600 less and then you'll cover allegedly up to 85%, but I have to be earning detrimentally low for you to do that. But can I ask, if you have two children, is it times two that amount or is it or it's the same nursery, so it's one amount? What do you mean? It's times two. Because it's each child. So if you had two children, it would be 1,700 per child. Times two, yeah. They're not going to give you a discount for popping out more children. Do you know, uh, this might, This is going to sound to, It makes more sense to not work. No, 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 sorry. Exactly Stay at why, home. And exactly why people do not work. <laughs> yes. And that's why my whole estate, my whole estate in Bermondsey, them men aren't going anywhere. Why would I... Go, what, it doesn't make any sense. There is absolutely no incentive... In fact, let me stay at home full time. Let me look after you'll the cover kids. My, you'll cover my um, my dental bills. You'll cover this. You'll cover that. If I just sit in my yard, I might as well. It makes way more sense. Because how, why the <laughs> fuck am I going to work if the moment I earn over 15K, you're not going to really help me with so, anything? So somebody could be on 15,500 and they're not That's eligible it. for done. help. Yeah, done. Well, you, the amount that you get is like minimum. <sighs> and I don't know. I think this year for me has just reminded me just to keep just like fam you're lucky you're blessed like you you, i'm not in the position that other people are in because i just think to myself if i was worrying about universal credit and debt and all of this like how happy would i be right now how would i be able to i just could not do it it's some bullshit it's some bullshit i couldn't do it during the whole pandemic i looked into it and i just thought this is so like i don't even understand it is it like job center yeah it's so demoralizing it's so degrading how they come up with the whole process and like the moment you get even a whiff of money it's like oh no you you can't get this anymore that should cover you for the next year do people pay back universal credit if they get overpaid but if if you're not overpaid, then no, you don't. So it's it's, it's free money, not free I, money, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I imagine that that's what you would have been paying in taxes from when you were working. All oh, right, so you're just okay. You're getting back. So what you're you've getting got, back. Yeah. What you've... 
It's it's really demoralizing. It's horrible. I can imagine. And man. I I agree with you, AK. I agree with you. I think it's some absolute bullshit. And I have started looking into nurseries for Lev, but not really the prices. I've been more looking at locations. But now that you say this, I feel like fam. I, I better check them prices and them boy. locations. That I'm interested in. Boy, 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 boy. Because oh, we have to get mummy ready. Mummy's gonna have to be ready for some full time babysitting. Yeah, not because... this one that she she Bluetooths her babysitting <laughs> from the other room. She'll sit in one she... room and she'll be like, hey. Nah, she needs to get ready for full-time babysitting because anybody that loves you wouldn't allow you to pay sorry Mad. that amount that's you i'm talking about how much is a macbook about that right <laughs> right so i'm paying the equivalent of a macbook every month so this no. child can go and roll in sand oh god no we'll, we'll look up at that child. price i will i will strap that child to my chest and my back and i will have to go to every meeting with yeah, that yeah man yeah man like sorry. everywhere you see me you will see lev yes because me that is i'm sorry 1700 that is ridiculous if someone even gives me a look like oh why did you bring your son to this meeting oh i'm sorry do you have 1700 pounds to pay give that give me that and he will not be here <sighs> but until you have that you shut your fucking mouth sheesh big her up though she's doing a you're doing an amazing job ak as a single mom taking care of everything i feel like it is i can't even imagine the stress the depression the suicidal thoughts i'm praying for you and i'm sending you so much love yes i'm sending you all the strength and i'm sending you all the protection because you are doing things that so many other people have just had to say you know what this one is too much for me and my blessings go out to the mother who took her own life i'm trying i'm working my hardest also to use less the term suicide because that makes it a crime when we add the side Uh but someone who's um, taking their own life um but yeah i i'm sending um that mother healing and and i know that it could not have been easy people talk about it as if it was an easy choice to take your own life do you not understand what you're saying you're calling the person selfish but that's literally for them the only way they knew out of this nightmare so they would like their child in their children in their mind will get more help and care if they're not here because Mm -hmm. by them being here they're expected they're given that responsibility to provide for them and they've got literally no they can't they can't and then and that leads me on nicely to the first straw that i have for the week which is this government so i'm going off what you said ak about the department of work and pensions um amber rudd um all of these fucking idiots um ian duncan smith you pussy clark like it's going off that like the government you tory motherfuckers voted you voted in your droves to deny children food at christmas Ooh. Like you deny children food during the half term because it's the parents' responsibility to provide for them, which is fucking funny to me because you lot are the same pricks who will try to police um, um abortion rights and everything that concerns people who are birthing. You have all of the things to say like, oh, we're pro-life. You can't get rid of that child beyond this and beyond that. But then when that child comes into the world, you motherfuckers don't want to feed the child. Right. You don't want to feed the child. If the person said, look, I don't feel like I'm in a position to, to go through with this pregnancy. I don't want to see it all the way through. They've made that choice. You're like, no, you can't make that choice. You need to have that fucking child. Then they have the fucking child. And you're like, how dare you have the child? If you don't have the money to look after the child, you shouldn't have had the child, bitch. I told, I told you, you I fucking told you that. And 
it just blows my mind that we uh, like we have to watch people like Marcus Rashford MBE mm. now. But baby boy, I need you to see that how that MBE member of British Empire. This is the empire that you are now a member of. Mm-hmm. Can you not see how they the Britannia is is a is a violent mother who eats her young? Can mm-hmm. you not see? That's like, a good note because a few uh, quite a few conscious people have refused the MBEs. But well, yeah, that's I, we love Marcus Rashford either uh, way. I feel way, like but, what yeah. you're doing is amazing, but you need to understand your complicity by accepting these award and i saw bernadine evaristo tweet when she got hers talking about oh you know i think that for us to fully participate in british society we should also be able to accept these awards i know some people feel some type of way about it and i've got to say auntie auntie Mm-mm. no that is not how we fully participate in this um, in this country Mm-mm. because are you saying then by full participation we should go out and colonize we should go out and enslave we should go out and destabilize governments and start wars that, that would be what, the actual participation that is, that is the participation <laughs> that you are complicit in by accepting these awards and i'm not trying to shame anybody because there was a point where i thought oh it'll be cute for me to have one it'll mm. be cute for me and then i had to check myself and say for what reason mm. for what reason because we tell ourselves these lies that oh well when people see those letters we will have more access to space that means we can affect more change the fact of the matter is that you can't you can't so it's the time to be honest let's tell the truth that we want it for ego you know we want it for ego want to take a young trip to buckingham palace like let's just be um um forthright about what we are saying because when inevitably this country becomes a republic because the monarchy will have to go at some point what will your mbe mean then what will your obe mean then yeah baroness this baroness that what will that mean because what they have taken from you is far greater than what they are giving you in terms of a medal Mm. and i just felt that i needed to stress that because you went and accepted this um, mbe just the other day and now look at the country showing you what they do best that they still don't give a shit about your your initiatives they don't give a fuck about your initiatives they gave you the mbe based on the work that you've done and then they've now said actually come and do more work because we still won't support them fucking children they, they literally said fuck them kids yes. they, that's big tory energy fuck them kids why should we have to feed them through the holidays but you are the same motherfuckers that gave yourself pay rises all of your food in the Houses of Parliament is subsidised. Yes. Wasn't that, that goofy head, scruffy head little bitch called Boris Johnson that was like, oh, um, I don't think I earn enough to be able to pay child support for all of my children. Should you have had them then? Right. You scruffily muffly. Should you have had them then? <laughs> you deadbeat dad. <laughs> <laughs> he literally is a deadbeat. I think the worst for me, the worst, one of the worst characters um, in all of this debacle for me is... I think her name is Vicky something, but she's some sort of child minister or something. She's something to do with children and she voted no and people got onto her back and then, oh, lo and behold, they found her expenses sheet. Yeah. Enjoyment. Look, these people are expensing upwards of 50k a year for meals and we or the poor people rather are the scroungers yes the working class people are the scroungers are are they're the the people that can't afford anything but you guys are expensing chocolate bars chocolate bars every little thing Ah! any little thing that they can expense they'll expense it Ah! all of the fancy meals that they go out to them things are inexpensive literally on taxpayers money and then now the taxpayer is saying can i have some of that money back to feed my children during the holidays since we've been in a fucking pandemic that you mismanaged and you had Dominic Cummings going up and down, up and down the M1. You mismanaged the pandemic. You didn't provide enough. It doesn't matter that, oh, Rishi Sunak came and he gave this money for furlough and this money. That still was not enough money. Right, and then to tell us us that there's no money, there's no money. What about that council tax bill that they wrote off for Dominic Cummings? Oh, 30K. 
You wrote off 30K for Dominic Cummings, but there's not enough money for us. Right, and do you remember they did the maths? They did the breakdown. I think they said something that cost about 89p to, fill the, yeah. to feed a child a day. Yep. So actually that 30K that you guys wrote off, we could have done wonders with we that. Have, a city could have been covered with that. So it, it blows my mind, but there's still money for war. You lot oh, there's always us. money for war. There's still money for war. There's still money for Madeline McCann. Madeline, <laughs> Madeline has messaged. And Madeline said, Madeline tweeted from her burner account. <laughs> Madeline tweeted from her burner account. And she said, I'm good. <laughs> Madeline leave said, me alone. She said, leave me alone. Jesus <laughs> Christ, leave me. And I'm sure Madeline McCann, if you found her banner account, she would even say, can you not see that Black Lives Matter is even going on and they're still looking for me? And they're still looking for me. Oh, my God. Madeline, Madeline Ma- Lives Matter. Madeline, <laughs> Madeline said, leave me alone. Madeline has been leaving you lot on red. Oh, she my said, God. leave me alone. Go and put that money towards the children that you can see. Yeah? Perfect. My parents know where I am. Put my put, put the money towards the parents that, that need the help. My parents are good. Trust me. They know. I We see each other. Yes. I see them. They see me. And we they know what other. they did. They know. So put my money to use. Put it to good use. Unless actually... I'm just a government document, and that's what I really am. Because, <laughs> boy. Because I don't understand how we're spending this money. I do not. And let me tell you something. Come 2021, if they announce that they're spending more on her again, that's we, when I'll know. we riot. <laughs> we riot. That is when we, we literally. Riot at that dawn. is literally when we riot. Because enough is enough. Madeline again? A fucking gang? Oh. Like, I'm sorry, girl. I'm sorry. R.I.P. you. Because that's that's what it is at this point. But this is wildness. Like, it's gotten to the point where I believe those conspiracy theories. Like, we cannot be looking for a, a whole ass human girl. No, 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 no. We cannot be. No, 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 no. Because this makes no sense. It doesn't. It How doesn't. many people have gone missing before and after? But it's this one. It's Madeline McCann. No, 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 no. It, it doesn't. And I've, I've actually signed out of that chat. Whenever I see her on the timeline, or <laughs> I need to stop saying her. Whenever I see the story yes, yeah. <laughs> on the timeline, I just tune out. I'm just like, no, this is this can't be. But I think the worst thing about the whole situation when it comes to like the whole free school meals, though, is like you kind of see how the media obviously they're doing a great job in terms of letting us know who's supporting and and whatnot. But just to see them big markers up and not actually talk about how much of a failure this government is, I think is the worst part. We were talking about that. But that's the mind fuck though. That is the mind fuck because they're not doing a great job. They do, they're doing a great job at doing the job that they're there to do. Think of the people who own the newspapers in this country and that's why we need to have things like podcasts and things like that because we will tell another story. You lot are owned by um by all of these rich ass motherfuckers. Like, so you will only be able to run a particular type of story. You can't go too far. Yeah. So what you'll do is, yeah, you'll big up Marcus because you can't talk about the fact the 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 the, the deliberate apathy the deliberate disdain for the working class that this government has because you also need them to stay in power because it's benefiting benefiting the people who pay you lots pay no it's well very well said it's true it's like literally a circle it's a circle it just goes it's a circle of fuckery it's a circle it's literally a circle of fuckery and and and, and explains why we don't know about prince and they haven't reported about prince andrew that much they weren't prince andrew prince william you can't talk about nope. them it's off limits they didn't want to talk about um boris and his violin trials nothing <laughs> like no, none of these things we're allowed to talk about but they'll talk about freedom of press no that's why you need things like podcasts you can pull this episode down that's fine right. i'll just put another one back up there we go and we'll just keep talking about I it 
just keep talking about it. Like, we'll just keep doing that. We'll just keep running back and forth to the court together. But we'll, things must be said. And that's why they're picking up Marcus Rashford. But should he turn around tomorrow and want to say something else that they that they deem all oh, too controversial? Put a sock in it. They'll tear him down again. Yeah. It shouldn't be down. What you're trying to encourage us is that it's down to us as citizens to um, to to fix all the ways that the government are failing. That's literally your job. How are you turning around going, oh, it's not our job to feed children. Um, you know, it's 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 down to the parents. No, literally, that's your fucking job. Yeah. That's literally there was your even, fucking job. There was even an MP that was arguing with him saying, oh, I've only got 90K followers. Ben, you've, you, got, Bradley, you've got 3 million. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking, are you actually... I told him, I said, you're a wayward you. Stop begging, friend. Retarded. Because you're looking for attention at this point and he's ignoring you. And that's what gets me the most about what, everything that's happening. The fact that, fact that Marcus Rashford just faced his front. He refused to engage with anything. That he's not doing anything them. dramatic. Yeah, he's just... he just kept like, okay, he literally he's strategizing on his page yes which places which restaurants which places are going to be able to give free food during the um holidays let's do this let's do that like i've already pledged within myself that should things come through that i'm working on i'm going to put a young you know two and a half k to the side for any parents that need you know um 25 pounds 50 pound little yes. grants here and there like i'm going to do my bit and it's a shame that we as the people have got to do this so that means i've got to redirect money if that i was going to be using for the children's home that we're building in nigeria i look after the people I, I, over here because yeah. you your your apparent civilized government come and see your civilized government if this was running in nigeria which it is if this was running in nigeria and they, they were treating their citizens in this way you lot would have the most yes. to say about it how could they how could they savages oh gosh it's just those dirty african countries those isn't it? fucking dirty niggas <laughs> like fucking monkeys all of them but i don't understand like they've got so many bananas surely they can live off the bananas like all of those things you'd be running your mouth endlessly you'd be running your mouth but your government look at your government's treating you your civilized country god save our gracious king or queen but is god saving you is god saving you that's what you need to be asking yourself. Oh, if you can't afford kids, stop having them. Tell that to Ross Clark, Kate Middleton. Tell her to stop yes. having, because you're trying to make sure that you've got heirs upon heirs for the throne so he never ends up to, um, with Harry and so his little turned black it, baby. they turn her into an incubator. Right. <laughs> that's what she's there to do upon all infidelity, anything. She must chuck her head there and can keep popping out them babies to secure the throne. That's what she's there to do. We're here literally watching the throne. I no longer want to watch the throne. I want the throne to give me back my money. Please. All so we're, we're supporting the monarchy that we do not need let give like what the queen's the biggest um landowner in the uk what did she even what do you what the fuck are you even take, doing take, take her land back take the land back take the land back get the money from that i don't know how we do that let's let's do this figure it out i don't know why she owns so much and even with the, this love for the queen i'm just like hmm, the queen the same queen was there during race the most racist time zone and she so, was very much going in places boy. and talking about savagery like i don't i know that you lot enjoy the crown but i've really struggled with the crown oh but the new season that's coming out have you seen the, with the diana. trailer with diana i'm gonna get that's gonna be the first time i'm gonna I'm, get, I'll get into but the you, crown. you'd want to follow the backstory wouldn't you no 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 i don't think they do it that way i think they literally every do you watch it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you would have to tell me. I thought every season they try to focus on a different era. They focus on a different era, but there's, there's the narrative that runs through. So you'd want to know what's happened before as to why Margaret's behaving this way and why this oh, is happening and why that's happening. Oh, no. So Fuck just that, to connect, then. Just to connect it. Like, no, don't get me wrong. It is a... It is a good show, yeah. but for me, where I'm at in my journey, there are certain things like archival kind of speeches that she has to give as the you know the actress playing the queen. That I'm just like fuck you, yeah. fuck you, Elizabeth, fuck you. Yeah. 
Like it's 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 a mad time, but honestly, fuck this UK government. Fuck you all. Suck your mothers. Suck your mothers dry. At this point, I feel like your you lot's mothers a dragon because I don't understand anything else. And this is what I enjoyed so much about Lovecraft Country and I'm bringing it back up here because I need us all to understand the same thing that was said when I did that interview with Fox and Rob Rich and um, Fox was talking about the fact that she had to call on all the spiritual powers to deal with something such as the racism that's taking place in America. I need you all to understand today, today, that the battle that you are fighting is not one that you can see with your eyes there are spiritual powers at play and do not get it twisted that these government officials they can only move so mad because of the low vibration rituals that they are also involved in this is not banter i'm not bantering with you now i'm telling you that these people are part of societies and this isn't me with my foil hat on coming up with conspiracies literally these men are part of secret societies where they do ritual things like this like that's why we need to talk about this year being a year of death and what needed to be sacrificed for them to maintain power what they do not understand is that god has had enough of their shit and because so many of us are waking up to the fuckery that they've been getting away with for centuries we're waking up and we're coming together more light the more light that there is will be able to shine the light on those areas of darkness and they can't stop us even if they feel like maybe they take one person out they can't take all of us out there's no, it's not possible it's not possible so the more that we are that we wake up to what they are doing the more we can counteract it and i think that that's what i clocked about lovecraft country when we're looking at the police officers and the fact that they are part of these secret societies as well as well as being the physical kind of oppressive forces within their communities like that's just one example but i look at that and think like these how could they have maintained power for so long if there wasn't spiritual things at play and you would have heard um that alluded to in african apocalypse if not in the interview then definitely in the documentary because the uh, the people of niger they speak about it as well and they say like they came with a next spirit like these lot that came to come and colonize us came with a next spirit our spirit will always be bigger but even our spirit had to be like raw this is this is a lot this is a lot mm -hmm. they move different mm -hmm. and consider that consider that and that's why we need to stop playing small stop listening to this podcast as if oh yeah you know it's just my little for some of you it's like oh it's my guilty pleasure nothing guilty about it own the fact that you're a spiritual being own the fact that you're a spiritual being and use your spiritual power to combat what is happening now like speak truth to power literally speak it to power because what's happening now does not make sense how can you say that you've got a government that's happy to say them children can go unfed that is totally fine by us meanwhile they continue to haunt the money where is the fucking money for the test and trace apps that's billions where the fuck is the money that's not working <laughs> the app that's not working huh and yet we're just watching and when you actually think about it to feed children over the holidays wouldn't have even costed them as much as what they're spending they're flouting their money on yes it's mad <sighs> it's mad it is but this is this is all intentional it's not incompetence they are very competent at what they're doing and we need to understand that it's that incompetence that we think that they that they exude that's giving us a false sense of security no more no more we've got to call it out no more this can't run like it's like honestly 
everybody that voted no to feed children suck your mother's dry because the thing is if your mother had um not fed you you wouldn't be here and maybe that's what needed to have happened because fuck you yes absolutely fuck you so yeah that's 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 the main straw and then we go to the nigerian government who had the fucking cheek the audacity the temerity to shoot to shoot at peaceful protesters even if they weren't peaceful self, you shot at them with live rounds. Your own people. Ooh. And to them make matters worse, I'm always saying this, to, to gaslight people into believing that it didn't happen. Yeah. So now we actually have people who are actually tweeting like aggressively, lecky target, lecky target, because they are spreading misinformation about, oh, it didn't happen. Can you imagine that the older generation in that country think that the, the videos were doctored? Yeah. They think the videos were photoshopped yeah. to show the Nigerian police shooting people. When, when me, people like me and you were on DJ Switch's Instagram yeah, yeah. and we watching saw it, what it, that, happened. Yeah. We saw the results of what happened. And do you want to know how they talk about DJ Switch's Instagram? Mm-hmm. They said DJ Switch was on green screen. Okay. They said DJ Switch was behind the green screen and she had people around her and acting. they were acting and yeah. they were acting out those scenes. Yeah. And that is when I, I, I've used the term gaslighting for ages now, but I think that is when I truly understood gaslighting yes. because sometimes you don't actually have to believe it. Mm. Just the fact that that's in the air now that, okay, I've watched DJ Switch's Instagram. I've seen what's happened on her Instagram. And then someone else has told me that, oh, it's on, it was on green screen. It was doctored. Just the fact that that is out there. Yeah. That's gaslighting. As a counter narrative, that is gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, the, but the, there's a video that I saw going about where this older man, this older Nigerian man is talking about the techniques and the, um, and the tactics that are used by people like um, Buhari. And he says that this isn't the first time that we've seen this play out. And he's basically broke it down stage by stage, how they're going to do it, how they're going to, you know, and obviously he couldn't implement social media, but we see it playing out through there as well. He said that Buhari is going to come out and he's going to instill fear in everyone that, and which he did with his statement. And he was like, sorry to, he's like, sorry to that man. Sorry to the people that died, but I don't want to see but you. I, 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 if I see you out again, I will flog. And, and this is you where all. this is where people should become a lot more concerned because here's the thing: Buhari was well, he was a leader of the military government sometime for, in the eighties uh, for decades. Yes, yeah. And the military government in Nigeria had the one of the worst performances in the eighties. Yes, and you were leading it. Yes, and then I, so it makes me think to my like, how the hell did you now become president after you failed? He literally failed. And on the top of that, I don't think people are getting scared enough about how he's literally tweeting like Trump. Yeah. Like he's literally tweeting he like a Nigerian Trump. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's going closer and closer to becoming a, you know, a dictatorship and people aren't it's actually realizing. No, but it's always been that. Like the t- Openly the, now. Yeah. Though. Openly. Yeah. Because to me, the idea of even democracy in and of itself is a white supremacist patriarchal illusion. Where is your democracy? Show me where your democracy's ever worked anywhere. You only take your demo- um, democracy as a way to go and rule other people and colonize other people. So we do away with the terms like what you man are doing you're all doing the same thing you're just calling it a different name Buhari is in the pocket of um the global west so he will do what serves him and his family and he's and he's and he's um Cody's like they will do what they're doing he doesn't care he literally doesn't care and he's like I'll do what I want and let me tell you something now none of you man are going to tell me any different Oof. and that is what blows my mind like this, he, that's the scariest he came out part with of all of his chest and he was just like me you, all of you people that don't live here please face your family. yeah like stop getting almost like yeah. stop getting involved like, like, no are you crazy don't. also Bahari where are you <laughs> like he's actually and do you what like, just like how you take the piss out of him and you call him a travel vlogger 
but Harry will have her condition. You're flying to UK or Sweden or yeah. US to go get sorted out. Why don't you create facilities in Nigeria where oh! you can trust yourself? No! Where you can trust yourself? I think that's so... There should be a ban on that. No African leader should be going to any Western countries to go get surgery. Right. Die on the same table <laughs> that, you're, that the Nigerians are dying. That's fucking fucked up when you think about but, it. So you can't take the, the healthcare that's in your You country. cannot accept it, but, 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 but it's good enough for Nigerians. Oh, it's a great time to shout out um, people like um, the Feminist Core. Yes. You're, you're familiar. There was another guy. I hate getting the names wrong. I think his name's FK Abudu. Yeah. Um, these lot were doing amazing work during this time. And let me tell you again something that's funny. Nigerians like to make fun of feminism. That was... <laughs> you put on that tweet. I put that tweet out. The same feminist that you lot said that won't find husband as if it's a motherfucking prize. You said that... They it's saved the, you. It's the feminist that came to save you. Time and time again, it's black women that come and oh, come and save you You can't you make it lot. up. Black feminists, black queer people are the ones that come and save you lot. But when you, when you're, when you're, when you are fed, when there's food in your belly, you have the energy to be chatting shit yes. about them yes. Monday through to Sunday. Yes. But then they're still the ones that have to put all of your fuck shit to the side and say, you and know still what? stand for you and ride out for you. And let me tell you where that energy came back. That energy came back when, you know, after the whole Lekki Tolgate um, issue had happened. Feminists call rightly so. They didn't necessarily back down, but they advised all their supporters and protesters to go home and observe the the the, the local lockdown rules yeah. in their area or whatever. A lot of people saw that as them, you know, backing down. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, the feminist call, why are you backing down? Why are you doing all this? Fam, it's like 46 of them or however many of them in a room or wherever they are mobilizing, strategizing. They are telling you to stay at home because it is safest for you to do that. Right. Because what we've been told by the government now is that they're about it. Yes. They said, the government said, we're fully on what you're half on. Right. So let's go. Right. So would it be right of the feminist court to say, okay, everybody go outside. And they raised, they raised so much money. Through Bitcoin, big up yourself. Yes. They raised so much money. They helped with so much fed people yes provided health care yes provided shelter yes sounds like what the government should be doing right they were literally the mini government people right. you you have people tweeting at them saying oh i need help on this road i have, need help on this road and then come in here oh people now have issues with the symbol that they chose oh fuck off fuck off fuck off they were they the feminist co I, i'm probably going to miss out on so many names feminist co dj switch FK Budu, so many others. Women, women, yes, women. Yes, in in general, basically. You like shout out you lot, because you lot held it down. You you mobilized, you strategized, you got everybody to get on the same page. I thought it was just um it was amazing to see people work together. Yes. Yeah, not amazing to see what happened, but to see people work together and to see people come together was amazing, I think. But that's what I was alluding to in terms of power as well. The fact that now we are waking up to these energies and to these ritualistic nasty behaviors that we're seeing from the various governments in the world. We've seen everywhere snippets of what it could be like if we as a community, a global community, take charge for ourselves and say, we don't need them anymore. This is how we're going to do things from now on. Look at how they were able to provide for Nigerians. Imagine if they had then all of the wealth of the country and what that country would look like if you put it right. And I think it's just, it's, it's ideas like that that will that will literally spur us on for and revolutionise the, the, the way that we need to live and I looked yeah. at that and I thought I'm so proud and I'm so thankful and grateful um, I've got to then obviously touch on the fact that we then decided we wanted to do a petition over here to sanction the government in Nigeria yeah I spoke about that actually probably two podcasts ago I mentioned it that I said I feel weird about 
European sanctions, but yeah. I also feel like something needs to be done. By who? I did, well, yeah. This is my issue because what we saw is that Feminist Co were doing the work that they need to be doing, and this is the things that we should have been supporting. It's such a British, I guess, like European thing, but specifically British thing to go to, to do to see something of like I'm going to write a strongly worded letter, yes. and the government needs to place sanctions on Nigeria. You could only ask for something like that, and I'm not trying to say this to shame anybody, but I need to speak my truth because mm-hmm. some of you try to come at my neck online, and I don't know who the fuck you think you are, and I don't know what pussy you came out of mm. that gave you the illusion that I would ever be the one that you should try to send indirect for mm. online because i promise you the fire mm. of the swords of my ancestors will behead you in mm. such a way oh you would not be ready you will not <laughs> you will not be ready yeah don't ever what the fuck a petition okay do you understand how imperialism works do you understand how the global west as we talk about it do you understand how it works you're asking for the uk to put sanctions on nigeria therefore reasserting the superiority that britain has over nigeria but this is the very thing that we're trying to get away from do you think that they would just pop over and be like oh love could you stop doing that because we're going to freeze your personal assets if they freeze their personal assets where do you think that they're going to do you think that's going to stop them is that not going to even make them angrier? Is there not money coming in from elsewhere? Or oh, we're not saying that they should put sanctions on the whole country. We're just talking about um, personal sanctions, individual sanctions. You don't know what you're on about. No. You don't. No. Because it's, you, either, it's, it's one or the other. Right. And do you think Britain's then going to come in or America or whoever the fuck you were try, trying to petition to help? Do you think that they're going to come in and go, oh, stop doing what you're doing and they're just going to go? No. They stay. They're gonna, they're gonna say they're gonna say stop doing what you're doing and do you know what is that a bit of oil there yeah is that oil <laughs> oh do you know what i'll just it smells like it smells like oil yeah i might just I'm, take I'm, a bit of that if just, you don't mind just a, little, just a bit just a couple but make sure you stop doing what you're doing right even though me taking the oil is going to make it worse for you right did you find the chibok girls did you find all of them did they not come and help with that right right and it brings me back to the to the point of what you're what you're raising about who do we look at to help? And and that's like we were me and you were talking about the other day. It it has to be ourselves. It has to and be it, ourselves. Stop calling on Beyonce. No <laughs> no 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 no. Because we're we're gonna get into this. We're gonna get into this today. I don't I don't do all of that stand and all of that stuff. But if you know me, you know I love Beyonce, right? So even with me saying that, I'm not. It's not coming from a place of oh I love Beyonce. It's coming from a place of like fam. Like leave you need alone. to leave people alone and respect celebrities and respect people that have actually earned their celebrity, yes. such as and Beyonce. Now, here's what's happened. Just a quick rundown. So whilst the, whilst the whole commotion was going on, people like Tiwa Savage who have a platform, a platform that's big enough for her to speak out on, decided to go on Instagram and call out Beyonce she said she was very respectful in how she came about it and how she kind of vocalized it she said I want to call on Beyonce who I worked with last year and her team to help us with this and blah 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 all of a sudden now everyone's getting on to Beyonce oh Beyonce because she made Black is King you need to help her with this oh Beyonce Beyonce and I'm just thinking do you know this is a prime example of how we change the focus because the focus should never be about Beyonce and it should never be about celebrities that love Nigeria it should, about, it should never be about that it should be about everybody coming together and working towards something Beyonce could come onto the streets of Lagos and scream and shout Nigerian government ain't gonna do shit yeah. they're not gonna do anything and 
and I think you know it caused a, a whole stir, and it, and it, it takes away from the situation actually. Because what's going to happen? Tina Knowles is now going to be making several Instagram posts, yeah. cussing us. Yeah. Beyonce ended up actually talking about it, and then it's like, oh, it's because we forced you to talk about it. So what do you want? So what do you want? So that shows us now that was a prime example. And even when they were trying to do it with Burner Boy, like that's a prime example of like the, the real power is with us. Yeah. The real power is with you guys. Like you don't need no celebrities. Look at what the feminist code did achieved by themselves. Yeah. I didn't know any of, I didn't know about them until this situation. Because we've just got to think laterally right. rather, than, rather than thinking, oh yeah, vertically like, oh, we need to go and get all of these big, big celebrities. Like, yes, obviously their platforms can come in handy, but sometimes the energy that some people are bringing for Beyonce, and you know me, like I'm, I'm a recent kind of, you know, you know what I see it I see it for I see it for Queen B and all of that stuff but I just look at that and I just think like it's that's a human person with yes. her own things going on and it's like every time and I understand that yes there's a responsibility if you're using someone's aesthetic like you've got to be responsible and be about every aspect of that but you didn't even give her a minute to catch her breath they you didn't just... they were just jump down and I just thought and the way that the way that Beyonce kind of stays in touch with current events I'm very sure she would have said something mm-hmm. she would have put out a post and this isn't even me defending Beyonce because Beyonce don't give a fuck about me yeah, like yeah, so it's not yeah. about defending Beyonce it's, I like just like I was I was even thinking the other day like when I'm thinking about how I'm moving you know during on, on social media on social media during these times I have to think about people like you yeah. like my sister and I think to myself if something was going on would I want people to all of a sudden start going at my sister yeah to talk about it and not giving her a chance. Yeah. You got I mean? You have to think that way and seeing you, seeing your rise, seeing your growth, seeing how people just feel like they can just DM you traumatic videos and yeah. any so it really kind of goes to show like people have like this weird and strange sense of entitlement yeah. around people that they put on a pedestal around yeah. people that they big up. It doesn't matter if it's Beyonce, small celebrity, local celebrity, like everyone needs to re- you need to realize stop giving yourself an inferiority complex. Oh. Stop it. You are powerful Yo. alone. And if you want, and just like Beyonce said, stop criticizing what other people are doing. Do it yourself. Do it. Do it. Because the thing is, we are, I think that the theme of this episode is literally power. Mm. It's literally that, like, we have more power than we are aware of. And the gov- what's funny is that the governments realize how much power we have. We are just the ones that don't realize. And that's why there's so much focus in getting us to do lots and lots of infighting. Like, oh, the working class, you know, look, look, the reason, the real reason that you're poor is the immigrants. Go and fight the immigrants. It's like, no. No, 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 we're not. No one's fighting with each other anymore. No. And I'm, and I'm, I'm glad that you say that because even whilst the whole NSARS was going on, everyone was saying, you know, you had a few people trying, you know, saying tribalistic things yeah. like, oh, and people are saying, no, 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 it's not about tribes. This is, this is one Nigeria. Yeah, this, this is, is one Nigeria. I do agree that uh, Southern Nigeria and Northern Nigeria, they're very different. Because they're actually different ethnic Yeah, and they shouldn't have actually been put yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, 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 but this is, this is the time for togetherness. Yes. This is the time for togetherness. Let's focus on the common enemy. Yes. Which and, is white supremacy. Right. And if you look at trends, if you look at, you know, how that whole week kind of planned out in terms of NSARS, the people that were getting the highest engagement were not celebrities. No. Guys, guys, wake up. They were not celebrities. No. It's okay. We have to do the... And in fact, celebrities are rather useless in certain situations. If They can amplify, but that's literally all they can do because they're so far removed from the experience that they they, they can't empathise in the way w- in, that you want them to empathise with yes, you. And not only so are they so far removed from it. Yes, and not only are they far removed, everyone likes to think that celebrities aren't like involved in politics there's still politics within the industry they're yes. in there's so many things that you cannot say yeah. if you think something you have to send it to this publicist who's going to send it to your lawyer who's going to send it to, it to this yeah, yeah. like 
you don't expect so much from celebrities if some certain things they say and they might get sued and yeah. we don't know that yeah. because they're not contractually obliged to do certain things i feel like that's it 2020 is the fall of the celebrity yeah it's oh fall- and you called it yeah, I did. You called it. I remember we were having the conversation. You were saying very soon people are going to start getting onto Beyonce. Even though we don't yeah, agree yeah, the yeah, ways yeah, yeah, in yeah. which they are, yeah. you said very soon people are going to get onto Beyonce. And yeah. I'm thinking to see how people got onto Beyonce just this past week, I do agree that it, this year has the been. Yeah, the, the, the year that's has been the, the fullest celebrity. I don't wish back for her at all. I think like she's um, she's a baby girl. She's doing what she's doing over there. I mean, I might not like her husband too tough, but you know, she's doing what she's doing over there. But what we're seeing is that at some point, as this rise is going, people are going to start looking at like, again those mm. who they've put on these pedestals, as you said, and go. Actually, I don't want you to have. I that don't want you on the pedestal. Yeah, because because you're not serving me. Because yep. they only ever put them there because they wanted someone to serve them and to guide them and to lead them, only to realize that this person is just as human as you, trying to figure it out just the same way as you. Yep. And this person person is also capable of making mistakes or perceived mistakes. Yep. And your your ego can't take that. Your ego can't take that. Perfection does not exist. So you're gonna lash out you're going to lash out and you're going to take the celebrities down and and this pandemic has affected that veil that was between us and them and yes. we're looking at the veil as well when we're coming closer to halloween and things like that the, the veil between the living and the dead we are the living we just thought that we were dead and now we're realizing that and that veil is becoming thin and you're like actually you're you live a day-to-day life you're just any person you're, any, you're, you're any just a, i'm so glad you said it you're, any you're just guy. some any person just with a team around you exactly and they, that help you with your smokes and mirrors. That's, That's what they do. They help that you with your smoke all. and mirrors. And now we're being we're able to see through the smoke and mirrors, and we're like, ah. Oh. Okay. That's just you, yeah. You That's, see, yeah. So, oh, okay, or, or or you're actually not that intelligent then, right? And you see, so people are disappointing you, but they don't. They didn't mean to. They didn't mean to. You're they disappointing yourself, bitch. yeah. Because when you keep putting the power outside of yourself, you will constantly be disappointed because that is God redirecting you back to the source of the power, which is you. The source of the power, which is God. Until you realise that, humans will keep disappointing you because your faith was never meant to be in them in the first place. The faith was meant to be in yourself and your God source. Yes. So, I mean... That was was one. That was a sermon. So I guess that's it for this week. I feel like that was such a powerful episode. That was. Really thinking about Nigeria. Really, really upset about it. And just, I really hope that things get better. It will. I, I have hope. I have hope because I'm proud to see the, the youth rise up. I just don't want the um, elders to... Um, to fuck up, derail the conversation because they're being told things about green screens and whatever the fuck. Um, we've been told that this is what's going to happen. The conversation is going to get muddled up. People are going to get confused. There's going to be lots of fear about. We're going to be. T- there's going to be media suppression. Anyone that wants to try and write about these stories is suddenly going to disappear. Yep. All of those things. But we have to realize that we what we know to be true. What we are doing is right. What we are doing is true. Stay have, focused. Stay on. Stay focused. Stay on job. Stay on job yeah because the the darkness will not prevail Uh it cannot should not will not so that's it for this week's episode of sym i have been kalechi okafor and sadi yeah and this has been sym officially known as say your mind unofficially known as what what that's right suck Suck your your mum. and yeah you can follow me on at kalechnikov at say your mind pod you can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash kalechi okafor and you can follow me on Sadiko JN. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And thank you, Stitch Fix, for supporting this episode. Um, somebody DM'd me the other day saying, I'm sorry, I'm, I must really ask something. Um, why do you pronounce your name incorrectly? <laughs> <laughs> 
I really, I'm having to do the accent because that's literally how I read the message. I'm just really bothered by it because I just thought, you know, you, surely you know the pronunciation of your last name. And I just think... Okafo. Right, right. And I just think to people like that, if you listen to the episode, you'd know what I've already talked about. If you listen to podcasts, you'd know this already. I just ignored their message. It was in my message request, but I saw it and I just thought, fuck off, fuck off. I'm very, very aware of what the pronunciation of my name is. I've chosen to pronounce it this way. Okafo. Okafo. Like, Fletch Okafo. It's funny when you say it now, but it's it's funny actually when you deep the real Okafor. Yeah, Okafor. And, and, and the other day I thought, what would change? What would stop me from just being like, my name's Kelechi Okafor? And I just like, no, that's lots of syllables that I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, that's that for this week. Catch you on the flip side. See you guys. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Happy sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind